I'm comedian, writer, and filmmaker Chuck Staten from the punk band Senior Discount. And I'm writer and comedian Brad Rohr from the Providence Improv Guild. And this is the Chuck and Brad Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 523 of the Chuck and Brad podcast. I'm Chuck. I'm Brad. How you doing, Brad? I'm all right. Eyes closed with the intro just yeah, so I can it. focus. Yeah. yeah, you're right. What's going on? So, so I mean, we could just let people into this, I think. We're recording early this week. We usually record on Tuesday nights around 8 p.m. for release on Thursday. And this week, we're making some room because, uh, well, we'll get into this a little bit more in a minute, but... We do this thing in the podcast every once in a while that I think I, I believe is a highlight of our podcast for people. I enjoy doing it. So even even if no one else likes it, <laughs> well, I fifty percent of the podcast likes it. Tell me, tell me, are, are you sure you enjoy doing it? What I'm talking about is when we watch an entire horror movie series, and then we bring on Brian Lau, our buddy, who is uh, you know, he's like a newborn babe to the world of horror movies. He hasn't seen a lot of them, so we get to watch, for example, the entire Nightmare on Elm Street series. Then we kind of give him the entire series rundown uh, over the course of with that many movies, two podcasts in a row that we do where we tell him the whole story and kind of telling him the whole story at once. It's funny to regurgitate it through our eyes. It's funny to kind of point out all the plot inconsistencies. It's a weird phrase, regurgitate it through our eyes. (laughs) And uh, we we have Bilal on it. We tell him and it's really funny and it's really fun. We try to do it every Halloween. Yeah, I like the, I like the podcasting part of it. Yeah, if you're like, oh, did you have fun watching six Leprechaun films? <laughs> I had as much fun as you would expect. We had, you know what? I'll say this: we had a lot of fun watching the Texas Chainsaw Massacre we movies. It we was did. really fun. Yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre one was good. Two was so much fun. Yep. Then the one with Daddario was great. And uh, anyway, uh, we're doing it again coming up, but we're kind of. Uh, not just sticking to a horror movie this time, a horror no, series. Not. We are going to be doing for the next couple of weeks. First of all, let's just say this. We're trying to make our stuff a little bit more organized. So we actually have a name for this series of podcasts now that we came up with, which is uh, Franchise Flashback, which yes. I think is pretty great. Very good. Pretty good. And we, and we want to kick that off with some Fs. Yeah, we want to continue the Fs. We said, listen... I said, Brad, what, what movies do you want to do next? I said, you, I see, he said, I, it has to start with letter F. And I was like, well, do you want to do Friday the 13th again? And he said, it has to have double Fs. And I was like, this is going to be tough. Racked our brains. What's coming out at the end of this month? Fast and Furious 9. Yes. So we're going to be doing the Chuck and Brad franchise flashback on the entire Fast and Furious movies. And what is well, the beauty of this is that... You don't have to see them. You don't have to know them ahead of time because we're not just deep diving into them. We're actually telling you the entire story. Yes. So leading up to French Fast, Fast and Furious 9, we're going to be sitting down with Brian Lau. Again, newborn babe. He's a, he's a, he's a baby little pup. He's a tiny, uh, you know, what, what's, another, what's another bouncing baby boy? What's another word for like a, like a newborn? He's toddling. Uh, he's he's a whelp. <laughs> what is that? W h e l p. It's a it's a I think it's a dog based word, right? Uh, okay. He's he's like a foal struggling yes, to stand up. Yes, he's a stuttering foal. <laughs> and, uh, and um, so what we're doing is we're going to tell him the entire story of the Fast and Furious franchise. I, by the way, 
I want it to be comprehensive. We're talking Fast and Furious 1, Too Fast, Too Furious. Yes. Uh, Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift. Yep. Uh, Fast and Furious, which is what 4 is called. Yep. Uh, Fast 5. Yes. Fast and Furious 6. Yep. Furious 7. Yep. Fast and Furious 8. Nope. Oh. The Fate of the Furious. Fate of the Furious. I want to do Hobbs and Shaw. Ugh. Yep. Okay. There's, there is a 20-minute side movie that we got to watch. Okay. And we got to talk about the movie Better Luck Tomorrow, which is where the character Han originated. Wow. Do you okay. know that? I did not. Can you believe this? Wow. We're learning so much already. We're yeah. not even flashing back to it's the, the franchise. It's the same guy playing Han. All right. This is real... So we're going to go through the entire story. And if you're saying Chuck and Brad, Chuck and Brad, Chuck and Brad, I never saw Fast and Furious. Like I said, you don't need to. We're going to tell you the whole story. I mean, you should. It's so great. You, you can listen to our podcast. And the day beforehand, you have a shirt on that says Fast and Furious. And it has a question mark on right, it with right. your own face. Yep. Wondering. After you listen to our podcast, you have another one with you with sunglasses on. It says Fast and Furious with a period. And you're nodding. It's it's one of those, it's a shirt like... You move it, and it, you know what I mean? It's like a hypercolor shirt, <laughs> yeah, yeah. except instead of body heat, it's knowledge. <laughs> and so you can you can walk in. The, the day before this our podcast, you have no idea. You could walk into Fast and Furious 9 just by listening to our podcast and be an expert on the series. Did you know what a hypercolor shirt was? No. Oh. I was thinking of the thing where you kind of like move it and it has like two images that change. Yeah, I, I What are you uh, talking about? Those are those are uh, lenticular maybe? Oh, lenticular. Uh, hypercolor was uh, boy, I was probably in if if not the end of elementary school then in middle school and basically they were uh shirts that were eh, mostly pastel. That's that's yeah. what comes to mind. And as the temperature of your body increased, yeah. the color of the fabric increased. So like if your shirt was like a nice a, a, a nice lilac. Yes. And then like okay, you, dark purple. And, and then, you know, the, the pretty girl in class talked to you and, and you heat it up. Yeah. Your shirt might go pink in different areas uh, because your body temperature increases. Yeah. And uh, it just seems like a weird. It seems really weird because gimmick. like, like, let's say you were wearing a bodysuit like that. Yeah, of course. Wouldn't your your balls and your dick and your anus and your armpits always be kind well, of pink? They were mostly shirts. <laughs> Hold on, am I, not... I think that you're wearing a bodysuit? Okay, <laughs> is that what it would look like? Uh, maybe. I I don't know. I don't know if it was a change in temperature. I don't I don't know if it was uh you <laughs> know perspiration. Why they didn't make them that's yeah. I'm sure that's the only reason. <laughs> um, you know those shirts with crotches? Gina has one. My girlfriend has one. I, like I mean, buttons under her vagina and butt. Yeah, I don't I don't know them intimately. What's the deal I don't, with that? I don't, how would I know? Don't you think it's a little strange? Yeah, I guess. It does is it is it to keep to keep think, things tight? I think it's it keeps the fabric tight on your mm, skin. Okay. Um, but yeah, so we're going to be doing a franchise flashback with Brian Lau of these minimum nine movies. Brian Lau's going to be wearing a shirt with a crotch. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the Fast and Furious lenticular shirt. Yes. And I don't uh, know if lenticular is the right word. We're doing that for the next couple of weeks, so like that'll be this like so this this is going to go up on Thursday the like the. Second, I don't even know what day Thursday is. This episode you're listening to right now is going to go up on the third. Then it's going to be tenth and seventeenth. Wait, does I think we're missing one? We're, we are missing a week. Okay, that's all right. Then it's going to go up. I think seventeenth, twenty fourth. Right, but this was when we could record it next. Yeah, week. we yeah. just decided to do it a little bit early to get right. ready. Um, and uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome because I I got to be honest. I mean, we'll go through this, so I'm not going to get into it now. But I wasn't like a fan of the Fast and Furious series, like through and through. Something happened at some point when I was discounting this. I was like, oh, whatever. I don't care about that series. Right. And I think you were the same way. Mm -hmm. And then something kind of came across our path 
where we were like, oh, wait a minute, are these good? And the truth is they're incredible action movies. They're in terms of action uh filmmaking and cinematography, I think that they're at the very top of uh of uh filmmaking. Yep, the that genre. kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So we're gonna get into that. So recording early this week. Uh we have a bunch of stuff to get through. First thing we wanted to get through the explosive moment. Twelve minutes into the podcast. Twelve minutes in. There's a bagel place near us called Crazy Corner Bagels. Yes. Where is it? Seekonk? Yes. Um, I got to be honest. I love their bagels. Very I good. think that their egg salad. I get a like. I what I like for a breakfast sandwich once in a while is lightly toasted everything bagel with egg salad, a little bit of butter and American cheese. Excellent there. But they did a they did a paint job a couple years ago. A logo change. Logo change. Rebranding. And a paint job. Yep. And they went total like Ruski, like Russian red of like the seventies. <laughs> is what? Is that bad? I, I I don't think it's good. Ruski's bad. Also, I I think you're. I think it's inaccurate. I think uh, I think it's it's red and white. That doesn't mean it's Ruski. I think it's basically like Winter Soldier before he was a good guy. Oh, okay. Is that what you think? No. What do you mean? <laughs> what are you, are you I, crazy? I I think you're uh, you're looking you're looking into fonts and you're uh, you're ascribing things that aren't actually there. Yeah. Are you serious? You're like, oh, this this uh this this place is funny because they use a Comic Sans font. <laughs> not, no, no, no. Ah, what what a bunch of jokers they must be. You don't think Crazy Corners? Uh, I, you know, I think it's vaguely Eastern European. Yes, and it's but it's a little weird. Sure, I but it it stands out. It's memorable. Don't That's you think it's kind of like Russian though? <sighs> it, the the K is backwards, and there's a and there's a circle, a red circle with a star in it in their in their thing. There's a red circle with a star in it. I'm not kidding, yeah. All right. Wow, all right. I didn't know that. I knew the backwards K, and I was like, ah, it's like Toys R Us, but with bagels. No, it's not like Toys R Us, because the font is also like harsh. It, it looks like a Ruski oh. font. All right, well, I, I don't think Ruski is cool to say, is it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know what it means. It's 2021. Can I give you something? I'll tell you one of these things. Here, look, look just look at the logo. I'm, right. I'm handing Brad my phone. There's a red circle with a white star in the middle, and look at the look at that font. What do you say? All right. Do you agree? What do you, what's, your, what's your take on All that's on this? missing is three falling Tetris blocks. Yeah, it's... Vi- but why? All right. So basically, I... T- Just agree that it's weird. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird. Crazy Corner has a Ruski... Okay, well, here's, here's what I want to say. That's the third time you've said it. <laughs> Everyone has cultural blind spots. I don't really know about the Cold War, okay? I don't get it. I don't understand Russia, United States. Oh, we can't trust the Russians. I don't understand that. I don't know what that means. Vladimir Putin. I don't get Vladimir it. Vladimir Putin wasn't part of the Cold War. That's what I'm saying. I don't get it. You have to explain it to me. Tell me. <sighs> Tell me what it is. All right. <laughs> A really interesting moment for the podcast listeners. Um, after World War II... Uh, the United States and the Soviet Union took kind of different approaches to to rebuilding the United States. Okay, Soviet Union friends or, or enemies? They uh, they they started. They were they were allies against the Nazis. Good. Then oh boy, uh, because they're like, hey, we think communism is the right way to do. Right, the I know right. about the com. And and the United States was like, hey, we we think unbridled, unchecked capitalism is the way to go. And so they they took divergent paths. So that kind of led you to seem more critical of the capitalism direction. Are you? Uh, you, are know, you, you think communism would have been better? I, I, I think. Uh, I don't know. I, if, I don't know. Maybe it would. I think they're they're both uh, flawed ideologies. Wow. That led to the Korean War. So mm-hmm. then, then you know the the Russians or mm-hmm. the the Soviets are funding 
the communists who are kind of settled in North Korea. Yes. And the United States is fighting on behalf of the uh, capitalist slash uh, democratic uh, South Korea. So that's that's the 50s. Okay. Uh, same thing in, in Vietnam, um, where it's it's communism v. capitalism. Right. And, uh, you know, Cuba, the, the Bay of Pigs, same thing, communism versus capitalism, okay. uh, communism versus democracy, however you want to phrase it. And so then kind of in the 80s, you know, there's no active conflict. So it's not a hot war because there's not bombs and, and guns and their tanks and their bombs and their bombs and their guns. Yes. There's a, it's, it's a cold war mm-hmm. where it's, uh, you're, you're, you're fighting economically and culturally and trying to convince the world that your way is, is right. Okay. And wait, so are you actually fighting or are you just kind of like no, living? No, uh, you're, you're kind of living. It's almost like the best revenge is a life well lived. A little bit. Is that what? I, I don't know that they were really trying to get revenge. Well, the war part of it. Yeah, I, I, I guess they're, they're trying to demonstrate via life yes. the superiority of, of their ideologies. ideologies. Um, I got it. And so, you know, there's there's propaganda being played out, a lot of spies, cool stuff like that. And, uh, you know, East Berlin versus West Berlin. East Berlin, you know, a, a communist enclave in the heart of... Uh, you know, Germany or, mm-hmm. you know, East Germany, the headquarters of East Germany and, you know, West Berlin representing West Germany. Yeah. And uh, the big Berlin Wall, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. And uh, then uh, Reagan gave a big speech, Mr. Yeah. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Yes. And uh, the the story is that he put the line in and his speechwriters took it out and he put it back in and his speechwriters took it out again and he said, I'm going to say it. And uh, he included it. Well, wow. then uh, the Berlin Wall came down, partly due to kind of misinformation, where somebody thought it was official and it wasn't, and so that they were like, "Well, I guess the wall's coming down," and all the German people celebrated, and then eventually the Soviet Union disbanded, and mm. they said, "All right, we're going to be different countries now. We're going to be Russia and uh, Georgia and the Ukraine, and and just instead of being one political entity, we're going to go back to being separate countries." Right, I see. and that was kind of the end of the Cold War. Uh, then Boris Yeltsin took over, and then I think after him there may have been someone else, and then Putin took over, and it is a democracy in name only. So, so uh, a lot of shady stuff going on behind the scenes in modern day Russia. I just feel like there was some stuff where there was just like you can't trust Russians or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that was that was part of the propaganda in the eighties. Okay, so it's not, uh, it wasn't really a serious thing that much. It it uh, I guess probably by the time it got to the eighties, no. You want to hear something weird? Yes. Winter Soldier. Yep. Russian. Yep. Fictional, also. Don't forget that part. Played a part in Hot Tub Time Machine. Do you remember the part? Se- Sebastian Stan, yes. He found the drink, Yep. and he thought it was a Russian thing. Yes. And that was the... Set during the 80s. Set during the 80s. Yeah. That's where he's like, Russians. I can't believe these are these are Russian people or right. whatever. I apologize if the Ruski thing was offensive. I don't know if it is. I don't know if it is either. I don't I, even know I, what it means, really. I don't know if... Well, it means Russian. It's just a, a pejorative yeah. term. I don't know if I like that any word can just be like a negative. I don't know. Sounds fun. Like a husky. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, so I, I guess I don't understand it. It's even you explaining it to me, it's hard for me to understand that people are like, got to watch out for the Russians. I still don't get that. Like, why wouldn't you say that about any other country at any point in time? Oh, I've be, never heard it. I, I think because we were we were the two superpowers. Like, I'll put it this way. Even, even during like World War II, it, it doesn't strike... Uh, or it doesn't seem organic to me to see a movie from that time or set that time period where someone's like, 
oh, this guy living next door can't trust a German. Like, it doesn't seem the oh, same. Really? It doesn't seem the same. It oh, seem well, they wouldn't have said German. They would have used a pejorative term. Like a kraut. sausage eater? No, kraut. Okay. Yeah. But like, and, and like Japanese people were sent to internment camps. Yeah, but are you like, oh, we can't trust them? I don't know. I that's guess, why they were sent to camps. I know. Well, maybe that's a that's a real thing that I guess some people thought or whatever. But that phrase of like, we can't trust the Russians, it just doesn't seem to apply mm. to a lot of other things. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, I, I get it. You, like, like, I'll put it this, this way. This is a lot from a bagel reference. <laughs> that's what I mean. It's like, I almost feel like in a 70s show, there yeah. could be a joke about that. Right. But that doesn't seem like it would happen to any other other country in any point in time. Well, I think because like it's in a sitcom. It's it's the the two big powers. Yeah. So you so know So it's a different it's a different type of uh, rivalry. Right. Than even when you would have a world war. I think right now, you know, if if you look at uh, probably the the Chinese would be yeah. uh like the closest we have to it now in terms of economic power and everything but we but we look at people who say something like you can't trust that guy he's chinese we look at those people as idiots yeah but i think that the russian thing was like well i think we've been we've become more culturally sensitive over more the years progressive. as well yeah a little bit so that maybe maybe i mean there are still people who say like hey, you can't gotta, trust gotta, the chinese or ready or this virus is a you know yeah, this but, is the chinese but we virus we think they're stupid yeah we do like i'll put it this way that would never be in a sitcom on nbc right i think don't trust the russians would have been right see that's what i mean right Here's what I think. Actually, here's my take. I think we figured this out. You ready for this? Oh, good. I can't wait. The don't trust the Russian thing. That might have been the closest thing to now where they could still be like that publicly before the the world was like progressing more and more and that kind of uh stereotypical, you know, stereotyping became like uncouth right? right yeah that might be the closest to now and that's why i could see that in like 70s shows right i'm not saying this 100 percent happened but if to me if there was a clip from happy days where someone where you know what's what's the uh what's the dad's name howard i mean yeah uh, what, you were the one who did the frank five rewind on it that's i don't true. remember what's, what's uh you know what's cunningham her, yeah the, the dad cunningham mr cunningham being like like uh like, you know, he's a Russian, whatever. Like, that could be a throwaway joke in that show. Right. And I think going forward, mm -hmm. that that kind of thing would not happen with a, another country or another entity in the world on a sitcom like that. Not a sincere joke, no. Not Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So maybe it's the closest thing to now that I can possibly remember as someone who was born in the mid-80s. Very possible. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where, like, you know, maybe in I Love Lucy, there was a thing about Germans or something like that, but I just don't have... A cultural reference for that. Right. Or was TV so polite at that time that they wouldn't say it? Also possible. So there was like a crossover where like the Russian thing and maybe the Holocaust and Nazis is so serious and so rooted in this very specific thing that happened that was terrible that it's less jokeable. Possible. And But the Russian Cold War thing seems a little bit more, it's not quite as culturally, there's not so much definite terrible cultural impact as like the holocaust right if it's a sure. cold war yeah it's not nearly as uh negative or or like detrimental to people right maybe that's what it is maybe it's the combination where it's like it's a little bit less uh terrible and it's just the closest thing to now where we were still doing that but i just remember growing up that there was like kind of a couple of movies and shows where you'd have like a don't trust the russians thing and i never got it now you do but crazy corner bagel they're going in the opposite direction. They're like, not only trust the Russians, we're Russians. 
Again, we don't know that they're Russian. <laughs> I don't think that they are Russian, but I mean, they're signage. I mean, you did text me and say, what about that Russian bagel place? <laughs> so it sounds like you think they're Russian. I didn't say that, but I could have been like, you know, in design. It's just strange. It's like, uh, how can I say that? How can I tip I think around? right before it, I said Crazy Corner uh, <laughs> closes at two, and you're like, what about that Russian even, bagel even, place? I say this. Even the double K on Crazy, you know what used to be C's before they made this change too? I don't know that that's true. It is true. Okay. Is the double K a thing or multiple K's? Is that a thing with Russian? I don't know. I'm not a Russia expert. Anyway, the K's are backwards. There's double K's. There's a there's a red circle with a white star in it. It's it's bizarre. Go look it up on 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 Instagram. Crazy Corner Bagels. They're going for a, like a Russian aesthetic. Their food is good. What are you saying that? What are you saying? Hold on. What is that? I'm saying imply? you're you're driving I'm, people away by saying they're an enemy of the state, <laughs> and I'm saying they have good bagels. This, this is exactly what I'm talking about. This is a cold war. I see Russia, and I see this is my friend. I don't know the difference. Everyone's no, Russia. Russia is 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 hacking the U.S. They're <laughs> they're holding on to you're the P tapes. The 70s. No, you're living in the cold no, war. No, because the Soviet Union was doing it then. You're Sebastian Stan, not in Winter Soldier, <laughs> <laughs> but hot tub time machine. <laughs> See, you're you're being a, you're being the guy that is uncouth. No, no, I'm telling you, like these things happened in the past five years. I love everybody. I'll, oh, all right. So you think that anybody should be able <laughs> to love- interfere in anyone else's elections? Is that what you're saying? You're saying that propaganda networks run out of one country on. that influence the idiots in another country are okay? Is that what you're saying? I don't know how to be progressive anymore. I thought we were just everybody loves each other. No, Putin is a great guy. No, he's killing his his rivals. They're all dying. Pussy riots in jail. <laughs> about pussy riot they're a band they spoke out against the government they got jailed okay so hold on i'm being progressive we stopped making jokes about don't trust the russians but in real life we're not supposed to trust the russians (laughs) now you're getting it now you're getting it i don't get it that's fucking crazy you're just not allowed to joke about things (laughs) okay all right all right all right all right oh i see yeah because oh i get it Oh no, I get it. Here, here's what I get. Okay, if I have a Russian, if I have a Russian neighbor, I can't really don't trust that guy. Right, I, that's unfair. Yeah, but I can be like, we can't actually trust the real Russians yes. in Russia. Yes. <laughs> You, no, you can say that their political apparatus is working to dismantle our political apparatus, which is positive. No, it's negative. Negative. Right, right, right. Negative. Crazy quarter bagels. It's going for a Russian aesthetic. Yes. Do you agree with that? Uh, yes. Good. Yes. All right. Well, I mean, it's hard to argue with. It is. Um, they make great bagels. Why do we start this? Oh, yeah, because your Facebook thing. So Brad said he has a bad taste in his mouth from Crazy Corner Bagels. Not because of the bagels. Which they are taste delicious. great. Yeah. He means figuratively. So years ago, I was I was friends with a, with a woman. I'm going to turn my mic down because i got to fix something. In real life, I was friends with her and also on Facebook. And uh, time passed, and we became less close in real life, but still friends on Facebook. Uh, I invited her to a couple Chuck and Brad shows because I, it's important that she has a good time in her life. Mm-hmm. And uh, what better way to have a good time than a Chuck and Brad show? And uh, eventually she stopped responding to the invites with even polite excuses. And I'm like, oh, okay, whatever, no big deal. Uh, a lot of people get busy. They don't have time to respond. So her birthday came one year. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're Facebook friends, so uh, it's appropriate to wish someone a happy birthday via a post on their wall. 
And so uh, traditionally, happy birthday, three exclamation points. I post it. I go about my day. Everything's good. Bob's your uncle. And uh, then later, for some reason, I went back to look. I, I think it, it got a notification like, this person has liked someone else's post. And I'm like, oh, it's weird. It doesn't seem like they've liked mine. And I went and looked at the people who had posted on, on her wall. Let's say there were 20 people had posted, and she liked like 12 in a row, then skipped liking mine, then <laughs> liked the next six. And like, like I'm being singled out. By not being post-liked, which again, not a huge deal in the scheme of things, but bizarre. Yeah. And uh, and um, so I'm like, oh, that's weird. And then like two days later, she unfriended me on Facebook. Wow. And I have no idea why. Wow. So I've told Chuck in the past, like, oh, I think this is, I think she just got tired of me inviting her to Chuck and Brad shows. He always, whenever... I, I'm looking to make excuses for yeah, people's exactly. behavior. Yeah, exactly. Because this is, this is, there's another girl who is friends with us. She was very cute, and uh, she was, like, around, and she hung out with us for a while when she was single. Yep. And, you know, it wasn't like any of us were hitting on her. Nope. I was in a relationship. You didn't hit on her. Nope. Whatever. And then one day, she got into a relationship, and she basically, like, you know, blacklisted us. Yes. Like, we were, you know, the, the dirty red. <laughs> <laughs> now you're getting it. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, but, uh... She never talked to us again. Did she unfriend us? She did unfriend us and kept online friendships with people she had not been as close to. Yes. And Brad is like, well, this is because we asked her to go to our shows, which is so crazy. But this is the second time you've you've tried to give that excuse to someone unfriending you because you asked them, you invited them to go to our comedy shows. Yes. Um, I don't know. I'm shocked. I don't think that's the reason. It no. doesn't really make a lot of no, sense. It, well, none of it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's tough. The idea of, of singling someone out like that, uh, I, whatever. And, you know, she, she doesn't have to be my friend in real life or on Facebook. But, man, what a weird, weird sitch. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah, so I don't want to support the place she used to work, which makes no sense. Now <laughs> I should support it. I well, should find out where she currently works and not support that place. You should make sure they're not working too close with you-know-who. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't Your know if, friend, <laughs> Vladimir Putin. I don't know if I get the right message out of this whole conversation. No, you did not. <laughs> really you so it. rarely do. <laughs> I still don't get it. Um, but uh, why is my microphone thing falling? I don't know. God damn it. It's killing me, Smalls. It's killing me too. It's killing me. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, it's a little strange. I mean, I hate saying this because it hurts, but I was talking to my, our buddy Lou about this, and it's like... I think that the way people treat you on social media, I think that like 10 or 15 years ago, you could kind of be like, that's ah, just Facebook. Right. That's ah, just Twitter. It's just Instagram, whatever. Or Instagram probably didn't exist. Um, now I feel like, oh no, this is how most people interact all the time. Social yeah. media, it, it makes up, like obviously me and you interact a lot more in real life. Right. But th that has to be your top what three or four relationships and then every other relationship you have is probably based more in social media yeah. and how they decide to treat you there is how they really think about you yeah it's not great doesn't yeah. doesn't feel good i'll <laughs> yeah, say that i've had a couple of no reason defriendings it's weird we had another girl tiffany remember that girl i do i do she actually appeared on an episode of the podcast many many years ago yeah and she was i thought that she was like funny and nice and i really liked her a yeah. lot and then 
She also defriended us on yeah. Facebook out of nowhere. I think she also deleted her Twitter because I had that great thanks but not Hanks joke. Oh, that was great. Thank you, thank you, thank that you. Just great. just a, a joke based on spelling. Uh, she had done thanks but no thanks, and I said, people often confuse me with the actor from Castaway, but I just say hashtag thanks but not Hanks, <laughs> which is the same hashtag as <laughs> thanks but no thanks. Yeah. And I uh, was really proud of the, the cleverness of that joke, and uh, you know maybe that drove her away. She's like, Brad's too clever. Too yeah. clever. It it uh, makes me insecure wow. somehow. Three three random I, women yeah. defriended you for no reason. Yeah. Do you think you have you did like a terrible thing? That uh, you're what, not what, recognizing? what was the what was the yeah, yes? <laughs> what was the joke? Uh, creep creepy pills. Uh, oh, many yeah. many years ago, Chuck and I were at a, a roast beef place, and uh, it was a, a teenage girl working the counter, and uh, I placed my order, and she said. Okay, we have creepy pills. And I thought it was somehow saying that I was giving off creepy vibes. I, I didn't understand. And then, you know, six seconds later, put it together in my head that she was saying, we have free refills, mm -hmm. which makes a lot more sense and is not hurtful. But I was so in my head about how this woman perceived me that I assumed I was coming across as a creep despite doing nothing to seem creepy, except ordering a beef sandwich. I wonder about these defriendings. I do too. I, I, it's weird because there are some that it's like, oh, this person was an RA uh, 11 years ago. Like I didn't really, like, they came up on my memories and I'm like, who is this person? Oh, right. And so that one doesn't bother me. Right. Like if, if I've also kind of forgotten about you, that's okay. Right. But then like, oh, a guy I was an RA with when I was at, at Bradley in undergrad, like we worked together for, for two full years and yeah. had all these great conversations. We're friends on Facebook and then he defriended me and I don't know why. Like that bothers me, right? But in a different way than like this girl or this woman unfriended me. Yeah, I. Uh, it's funny because I think years ago I probably was more like I would notice something like that. Yeah. Now I don't notice when no, people your social me stuff. media is jumping. Well, no, it's not that it's jumping. It's that I don't. I don't know how to. I. I don't. I don't really want to check it. Yeah. So I don't put any time into looking at it. But like I do think about stuff like that, especially the girl that hung out with us for a while. That was so weird. Yeah. But we knew her as a person that was present and involved as a friend. And then she was one of those people that when she was in a relationship, she like disappeared from the face of the earth. Yes. And like never talked to you at all. Right. And then would come back when she was single. And so, I mean, I guess it just kind of goes along that track. I mean, it's very similar behavior. Right. You know right. what I mean? But it was uh, weird. The Tiffany one was very weird too. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's a weird thing. I uh, I kind of hate it. Social media is weird. People are weird. I actually got really sad the other day. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't care. I'll name names. Um, I ain't no puss. I ain't no Russian. Um, well, I'm not a Russian, but I mean, not that they're all pusses, except for Vladimir, right? We no, hate him. No, 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 no. He's not a puss. Oh, he's too much of a not a puss. Yeah. Right. No. Um, one of my closest friends growing up was Brian Kamara. Love this guy. We spent right. all of high school together and uh, we, you know, we filmed a lot of stuff together in high school. Yeah, good natured guy, if I remember right. Very good natured, very silly, dopey, great guy. Had a, have a million memories with this guy growing up, probably, probably between the ages of like, I'd say 15 and 27, maybe. I don't know, something like that, 26. And he kind of, you know, he moved to like New Hampshire or deep into Massachusetts on like the border of New Hampshire or Maine, something like that. And I always attempted to stay in contact with him. He was very shitty with, uh, um, you know, uh, responding and that kind of stuff. 
tried to see him. He was he was really weird over the years, and he was like a bunch of our friends. That he was all that he was friends with all of us. He would like not really talk to a lot of us. Um, and then we would find out that he's coming to town and not really talking to us. And it was weird. There was no falling out. Nothing bad happened. And what was strange was it wasn't like he stopped talking to us and then we stopped talking to him. It was right. like he stopped talking to us. Then he'd show up. And, yeah. he, and he like he showed up at my house a couple, probably in 2015, one night. And he's like, dude, I miss you so much. Like, Let's go to a strip club tonight. So we went to these two strip clubs. It was terrible. And he went back to my house. We went to my we went to my back deck, and we talked until five in the morning, just about life and everything. Right. And he's like one of my close friends, and there was no explanation. He's like, ah, oh, you know, he's like, I get busy, you know, things like that. And this is after this has happened multiple times. Now it's again, it's been years. I've reached out to him a couple of times, no response. And I just found out he's getting married this month. And Christian, who is one of my close, you know, my cousin, he's the drummer of my band, Senior Disco. He's right. one of my friends. I saw in his house that his Camara's Brian Camara's wedding is coming up. Kamara didn't invite me. Christian's in the wedding party. And that's it. I, can, I think this is the sign that he's just like, oh, we're not friends anymore. Yeah. And at the last time I saw him, the last time I saw him legitimately was probably two years ago. I went to one of my cousin's graduation parties from high school and he was there. We had a great talk. We had a great day. He's like, let's do this this summer. And everything was normal. And he's one of these people where we grew up together, ton of great memories, no falling outs. Right. We see each other once in a while. We have a great time. He's like, I miss you so much. But he's like, I, he, he's just like, I don't give a fuck about having you in my life. I'm not interested in answering your text. I'm not interested in having you at my wedding. But nothing happened. Right. There's not, there's not like, well, yeah, it's because of this. Did, nothing well, happened. Well, wait, did you invite him to any Chuck and Brad shows? <laughs> I will say that pushes one, people away like nobody's business. The one thing, and I don't feel bad about saying this at all, uh, I never got into drinking. Right. And he really was a drinker. Yeah. And I mean, I say was because I don't want to accuse him of anything, but probably still is. They would watch like Celtics games and Patriots games and just drink a lot. He drinks like a Russian. <laughs> yeah, right. But, they, but he would drink, you know, he and a couple other of our friends would drink a lot and watch a lot of sports stuff. And I'm, you know, I'm always down to like if like Bilal invites us over for a Celtics game or whatever, a Patriots game or Christian invites me over or whatever. I'm always down to go. Um, and I'm, you know, I watch them casually. But uh, I was never into drinking, and I feel like me not getting into drinking and recreational drugs has hurt my relationships with a lot of people, where like that's how they want to spend their free time. Yeah. Where I'm like, oh, it's Friday night, last night. What do I want to do? I want to go out to a restaurant. I want to try some new food with my friends. I want to go see a new movie that we heard a lot about, and that's it. That's that's like a yeah. fun night for me. Yeah. But for other people, especially growing up from age, you know. 18 to 35 I think a lot of their nights are like I want to get drunk yeah I want to get fucked up I want to go out to do this um and I think it really has pulled people away from me in a sad way it's it's sad that that can be a a thing where you are no longer aligned is because you're not into that yeah um but uh yeah I don't know I don't know what happened with Kamara but I just found out you know like I said, he's getting married. So it's it's kind of similar. Not quite similar because it's not like you were super close to these people. Yeah, right, or I was super right. close to Kamara. Um, but it is one of those things where it's like, I'll say this. I'll say this in the podcast. And I feel really guilty. And I'm going to admit something. Admit something. I don't think I've been a good friend to our buddy Wade. I don't think I've been a great friend to Wade yeah. over the past couple of years. And it's tough because, you know, he's had, he lives... Like what, like an hour and fifteen minutes away, wherever Something he like lives. That, yeah. Um, and he like, you know, we kinda 
I don't want to say we moved away from each other, but we used to work together. That's where we met. Right. Uh, GameStop in uh, a mall that was just demolished recently in Taunton. Uh, or, yeah, Taunton. And uh, Wade would be around for stuff. And Wade was always such a great, happy, well-meaning, positive guy. He was on a podcast episode. Uh, you call... Wait, you... You call that a bland job? This is plain with yourself. <laughs> yeah, where we tried to determine liked, who, who, was, who was the plainest eater. But what, he's such a good guy. He's yeah. such a great guy. And um, his life kind of took him a little bit further away. So it was like harder. Geographically, yeah. Geographically. It was harder to hang out. And then it was like, well, he's working at specific times. I'm working at specific times. And then the pandemic. Yep. For a long time, no one's really hanging out. And like even, you know, it even took a while for me and you to hang out um, because you were still working at your school for a little bit. Yeah. But to make plans with someone that's like an hour and a half away or wherever, wherever he is, is like very tough. And so I feel like we've been not hanging out for the past, you know, over a year and a half. We wanted to do Christmas, but he couldn't come to our Christmas date. Um, We got him a present, like probably like first week of December or last week of November. Yeah. I never ended up sending it to him. Well, I, that's that's on you. Well, we were going to hang out. Yeah. We were supposed to make plans to hang out. We talked about hanging out, but the days that he could hang out were like tough for me. Right. And so it never lined up. So I thought he was going to come down and we'd give him the present. Mm, okay. You know? So I still have it wrapped in yeah. my house. Um, but uh, I will say, I mean, should I have to send out 100% of the presents that me and you get for people or maybe we could split it? I mean, you took responsibility <laughs> for I, the present. I guess so. So... so um, what's it? I was also kind of disenfranchised when I sent out Lou's present in like December 1st and they got it in like they didn't get it by Christmas, right? Um, but uh, what's it called? So I feel like you know, we've, we've made plans probably right around then, right around Christmas, right around when we made a plan to hang out for Christmas. He's yeah. like, I can't come, let's hang out soon, right? And we haven't really hung out yet, yeah. I mean, I guess that is way before the pandemic was like starting to come to an yeah, end, winding or, down. like vaccines and stuff like that. But uh, he recently sent me a bouquet of flowers based on my Instagram post where I said I finally beat Tony Hawk after, you know, almost what, like like 20 years or yeah. 25 years of playing it. I finally 100% at Tony Hawk 1 and 2. He sent me a bouquet of flowers that was like, I can't believe you finally beat Tony Hawk 1 and 2. Super funny. It's great a great guy. idea. But I just feel like, I don't know, my, you know, my life has picked up in terms of work over the past couple of years. Um and I know I've been prioritizing work for probably the past like three or four years more as I've taken on more work uh, creatively. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been like different. There was definitely an ideology change with me at some point where I felt like for a long time, my life was based around friendships and doing things together. Right. And so many people let me down and fell away and disappeared mm -hmm. that I definitely made a choice at one point in time, whether or not I talked about it with anyone or not, that was like, I can't prioritize friendships over my own life because no one else is doing that. Right. So it's like, how often do you live this life where you're doing that and losing people? When it got to be like 10 people, I was like, this is not a good way to live. I'm going to be a sad, sad, lonely man. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. <laughs> and uh, I feel bad because I feel like with Wade it takes that extra couple steps to really hang out because he lives far away right. and he has a specific schedule. And yeah. so do I, that I haven't put that extra effort in to be like, all right, we can't hang out this week. 
You can't hang out uh, Tuesday through Friday. I can't hang out Saturday through Monday. How about the following week? How about the following week? Right. And like nail it down. Yeah. Um, I haven't put that extra effort in, even though I feel like he's willing to. And we've both reached out to each other multiple times. Right. Um, I feel like I haven't been as good a friend to him. Let's um, send him some flowers. But has, if I was, has, has he beat any video games lately? Yeah, I think he has. Yeah. But if I will say, if I was getting married, Wade would be there. Yeah. It's tough. It's a tough thing. But um, I'm just wondering, I'm just thinking about this pool of Brad's unfriended for no reason. Kamara doesn't invite me to his wedding. I could be a better friend to Wade. I'm thinking about all this stuff together. It's it's all complicated. I will say unfriending someone, though. That takes a, an it act. Ta- it That's takes, a choice. I was going to say, it takes a choice in a direction of, I don't like you that much. Yes. Right? Yes. Which is a little different. And I think the wedding thing, too, is tough. I don't know. I don't know, man. That's my new uh, impression. Who is it? Uh, Vladimir Putin. Uh, <laughs> note perfect. I, I thought I was sitting across from him right Any, now. Anyway, I uh, I love the idea that you wished a girl a happy birthday and you noticed that she liked everyone else's happy birthday message besides yours. What a kick at the dick. It really was. <laughs> it really and truly was. You're the worst person for that. Yes. Because you're such a... Oh, boy. Let me think about a, a meticulous... Uh, you know, it's funny. We were talking about, we, we, you brought up the word mental hoarder before yes. the podcast. And that's a good way to describe it, where you just, you take stock of everything. I think I used to be closer to that. Probably right. over, you know, probably around the, the same time that uh, I made this change in terms of prioritizing my my future creative work and stuff. I think I was closer to what you were like with that my, kind of stuff. Uh, my therapist, I got less organized. My therapist said... I'm I'm glad I never have to tell you to focus on self-reflection. And then she laughed for like four minutes. <laughs> Shut up, Deborah. <laughs> um, you ever get mad at your therapist? No, never. No, you ever think she said something insulting? No, really? No, it's oh, it's mostly funny. me talking. Have you ever seen my therapist? I have not. You want to know who exactly who she reminds me of? Yes, of course, Doctor Ellie Sattler. Oh, okay. Exactly. Yep. Similar. She looks similar. Yep. Uh, yeah. But um. Anyway, you're basically triceratops poop. Yeah. Exactly. She's yeah. fishing through me and trying yeah. to take out the dirty berries. Yep. Um. No, but uh, what I was gonna say is, uh, like I know that you're so meticulous that you just like check things and you look at things and you, you want things to be complete and you don't you don't like things that are open ended. So you're That's like correct. If you have a thing in your head where you're like, if I write happy birthday, this is exactly this is you. You ready? If you're friends with someone on Facebook, tell me if I'm right, and you write happy birthday on their Facebook wall, and they get 300 messages that say happy birthday comments, right? Okay. And they don't like any of them, you don't care if they don't like yours. Not at all. You're like, here's how I'm categorizing this in my head. This is the type of person who says, I'm not going to go through 300 comments and like every one of them. Right. And that's acceptable to me. Yes. But if you look back at it and they like one... Like, who's that? Oh, it's their mom. That's okay. Yep. Oh, it's their boyfriend. Yep. That's okay. Oh, it's this. But if they're liking all of them and they leave out yours, you're just like, what the fuck did I do to I, this I, bitch? I, 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 was, I was like, I was like, oh, maybe it just got overlooked. And then it was like, and, and then she defriended me, you know, a week later. And I'm like, oh, it wasn't overlooked. It was intentional. Oh, boy. Uh, an intentional snub, an intentional slight. Do you ever think you do a creepy thing by accident? Uh, I'm sure I do. You know, it's funny. I think the, of you as, zero times doing a sexually creepy thing by accident but i think that you might say a thing that's that's g-rated 
that comes off as weird. All of my sexually creepy things are intentional. I think I think there's zero. I think there's none. Right. Right. I don't think you ever would say something by accident that's sexual and creepy. Uh, I haven't for years, but I, think but I might... definitely have in my past. Really? Yeah, like high school. I think of you being like, I think of you, there's a girl that like worked at your school and you're like, hey, you want to get tacos sometimes? I know you like this taco place. And she took that the wrong way. She did. She did. And that's like, to me, 0% sexual creepy. Well, uh, you know what though? Once you had the tacos though, <laughs> what happened in your pants? So. Yeah. But I think that you might say something that's G-rated and it comes off as creepy. Yeah, but I'm, I'm I'd be shocked. The, I would love to hear why. Oh man, imagine the interview with this girl where she tells us why she unfriended Brad Roar. Yeah, that girl Tiffany that unfriended us. Um, I think you asked her. I Maybe I did. I, I don't know if I did. I, I don't think I did. And she said she was trying to clean up her friends list. Ah, okay, yeah, you did. And I said, yeah, it does cost a lot of money per friend, uh, or something like that. Yeah. But uh, it's funny, man. All right, so let's move forward. Yes, please. Um. So we did, uh, we don't really have new stuff because we just recorded the other day. I'll say since we recorded, uh, my new project with Tuesdays with Stories came out. Hockey sets, Joe and Mark spots in New York City. Man, the response on this video with Tuesdays with Stories has been insane. Um, and I've already talked about it. Like it was people a, loving it insane, right? Yeah, people, okay. people loved it. Um, which is really cool because this is the kind of stuff I really envisioned. You know, Tuesdays with Stories is a podcast with uh, comedians Mark Norman and Joe List, who, to me, are at the top of the New York comedy scene. They tour the world. You know, they're affiliated with, like, A-listers in terms of comedians. And uh, they're super talented and super funny. And I think that they have possibly the funniest podcast um, in terms of my own personal right. brand of comedy. And their podcast is often about talking about their their gigs and their experiences and one of the things I want to film with them is a, is documentary stuff about them going around and actually having these experiences in the moment. So doing that, you know, that day we filmed, we filmed them doing an episode of Tuesdays with Stories, their main podcast, an episode of Musqueef TV, which is an episode, which is a show we do for their Patreon. Then them running around to spots in New York City. Right. Filmed all day. Like I said, it was surreal to be at the. Uh, at the different venues, at the stand, at the Village Underground, with the Comedy Cellar room in there. And, uh, you know, we turned it into this little documentary the whole day. And uh, I, in my head, I was like, I think this is what people want. Yeah. For the people that are fans of this podcast, this is what they want. The firsthand experience of being with you guys as you experience these things. But the response has been overwhelmingly positive with uh, people saying like, yes, this is perfect. This should be a TV show. You got to pitch this somewhere, blah, blah, blah. So it seems like everyone uh, really loved it and I appreciate it. That's um, great. Yeah, it was it was really, really cool. And people are specifically calling me out as kind of the facilitator, which... Uh, is accurate. Yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate that they see me as that. Um, and it's cool because, you know, this whole thing was just a very... is a shot in the dark, Hail Mary play of me saying, let me come in and try to you know, bring a new, a new world to the Tuesdays with stories, um, Patreon. And, uh, you know, luckily it's all been working out and, and people have been really responding. Cause the truth is like, I'm like, this is what I want to see. Yeah. Who knows if I'm a good representation of, right. of the people that follow them and listen to them. But, uh, so far it's been really good and I, I'm really, really happy with it. Yeah. I invited, uh, Joe list to one of our shows and he defriended me. So <laughs> <laughs> sounds accurate. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, it's been really good, and I appreciate all the uh, all the positive response on that. So we have an e an email to read. Yes, I think we have two or three. Oh, all right. 
Oh, we have a bunch. Oh, boy. Okay. So the last one I read was Objectivity, right? The MCU? Yes. All right. <clears throat> uh, new emails. Okay. Shit. Hold on. I'm just checking I through. I only knew about the one, so uh, some of these are, are news to me. Yeah. Well, we got a weird email from a guy. It's It's really weird. I won't read the whole thing, but basically... I don't really get it. A guy wrote us and he's like, hey, Chuck and Brad, my name is Jay Salahi, a fellow massive movie super fan. Since you guys are fans of all types of films, I wanted to reach out and personally share with you my fierce feature film, Northwood Pie. It's a $12,000 coming of age stoner rom-com and a pizza place shot on the weekends with friends. The movie is currently streaming for free on Amazon, Tubi, Roku, Google Play, and YouTube. Um, and I'm, it's weird because obviously this is like a form email that he sent right. to a bunch of people. But is this person a fan of our podcast? Like, why did he know to send it to us? And why does he know right. we like movies a lot? So maybe maybe he's a fan of our podcast. It's called Northwood Pie. Check it out in all the places I just mentioned. If you find out he's not a fan of our podcast, yeah, avoid the movie at all costs. No, 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 no. Give it a shot. Maybe I'll give it a shot. Yeah, yeah it's indie cinema. Give it a shot. Yeah, give it a shot. So I'm, I'm just, I wish he kind of explained, like, oh, I'm sending it to you because... Uh, um, I'm a chuby. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I wish he let me know. All right. Adam Nishma, our buddy. Nishma is a great guy. He's helped out on the Chuck and Brad podcast videos that we did last year during yes. the pandemic. The podcast, we were filming the podcast a little bit. Um, and he uh, reviews some of the Tell Him Steve Day videos for me and stuff. He's a great guy. Uh, Adam Nishma, subject line, Brad Mail. <clears throat> oh, boy. Hello, this is your friendly neighborhood Nishma with a mail for Brad. One, totally agree with everything you said about Army of the Dead. Thank you. Fuck you, Nishma. Oh. oh, that piece of shit. Just kidding. I had all of the exact same questions. I have one to add. Spoilers. What's her name? Saves her friend, the mom. But her two kids are just outside the zombie land and the nuke is going to kill them, as they mentioned many times in the movie. So what's the point? If anything, get out and save the kids. No. I think the kids got on the bus. I think the kids were being bussed out. Yeah. I, I, think, I, I, I think that everyone was being bussed out. Yeah. And that's how they snuck in. Yes. That's my, th that's my thought. Two. You talked about hearing praise as people joking at your expense. Yes, I did. Like HOT Hot, something yes. like that. Um, I relate a lot, but I assure you it is praise. Yes, it's also fun, but not funny. Anyone who remotely likes you and says a positive thing, even with a sting, they do mean to be positive. Otherwise, they really wouldn't bother. Plus, it's easy to, to see you deserve the good words. Even HOT, honest, hashtag no homo, hashtag not that there's anything wrong with that. Thank you, Nishma. Thanks. I agree. I appreciate it. I agree with that wholeheartedly. <clears throat> From Daniel Desmond. Subject line, streaming symptom. Hey, guys, I was talking to my fiance about Army of the Dead, and I used the term streaming symptom. This means that maybe if I saw it in a theater, I might not have liked it that much, because, but because it was quote unquote free, I liked it more. What are your mm. thoughts? Loyal Chuby, Dan. I, Dan, I, Dan, you make a solid point there. I think you're right. I think that this is one of the reasons that I enjoyed... Um, a Bird Box for me is an example of a movie mm. that I enjoyed because it was included in my Netflix subscription. Uh, for me, it was Mortal Kombat. Ah, okay. Where I was like, oh, this was pretty good. Yeah. I, you know, it had some action stuff. Me and Gina are cuddling in a chair with our dog, eating some popcorn, right. taking some bathroom breaks. Yeah. I think you're right. Also, think in, it, also in the chair, though. <clears throat> right. Me messy chair. I, uh, I think you're right, though. Um, it feels a little bit less, you know, like when you go to the movie theater... You take the time, you plan your night around it, you spend 13 bucks on a ticket. On a ticket. And then if you're me, $100 on candy. Yes. Wait, did everyone pay for the tickets last night? 
I did. pieces of shit. Wait, no, uh, uh, Ryan and Michaela bought their own tickets, right? No, I paid for all of them. Oh, okay. I don't know. Oh, those dicks. I, I paid so. for mine. That's the important thing. Yeah. Um, Old reliable Brad. But yeah, if you, uh, yeah, if you, it's true. If you plan your night around something and you pay for it directly, I think your standards just raise. It's automatic. And it's weird because like technically we are paying <laughs> for Army of the Dead or Mortal Kombat or Bird Box or whatever. I will say it's you're just, paying a lot less though. You're paying a lot less. A lot less. If, if that becomes, you know, one, you know, not even 1%, 1% of 1% right. of 1%. Right. Of the options you have of stuff to watch on that streaming service right. in a month, that's ten dollars or twelve dollars. So it's tough. I totally think so. I think it softens the. Uh, I think it softens the blow of 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 the of the flaws in the movie. Do you think it lowers expectations for the movie? Yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird though because I think that that's for movies like Army of the Dead and Mortal Kombat, movies that we know. It's interesting. We're in a transitional period of time where there used to be a clear difference between like when I worked at Movie Stop, to me there was a clear difference between movies that were made for the theater yes. and movies that were made for digital home video. Transformers versus Transmorphers. Exactly. And my my even you know, when I worked at Movie Stop, some stuff would come out straight to video. And that was my my expectations were way lower. Yes. Now we're kind of in between where we're like, well, Palm Springs can debut on Hulu. Well, not only that, but it's like Wonder Woman, Mortal Kombat, Space Jam, King Kong vs. Godzilla, um, Army of the Dead. These things, we know that they were made for theaters. We know that they were right. created for movie theaters and that the world has changed. I, I kind of say this and it's like, I feel like I haven't heard anyone else talk about this and there's not a lot of pressure put on it or like a lot of focus, but the pandemic was like an extra layer of proving and 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 forcing people to change their views of in the internet and communications and right. media where we're already at a point in time where Disney was like we're going to make a Star Wars level TV show we're going to make Marvel movie level uh series for streaming that was in the works way before coronavirus yeah. like maybe like a year beforehand but coronavirus mixed in and now something like wonder woman which was definitely 100 percent no questions asked not made for streaming right made for a theater release is now morphed into that at the same time that these transitions were already being made right where disney plus had these ideas or maybe hbo max had these ideas of making stuff that was so high quality for home viewing um so I feel like people are basically you're you're getting forced right now to take your expectations and your previous thoughts about digital home streaming and you're being forced to say I think I have to reframe this. So is and it's funny because I think that like a lot of stuff like Army of the Dead to me kind of feels in between a theater release and a digital home movie release. Okay. It feels bigger than a digital home movie release. Right. And a little bit less Although, you know what? I feel like Army of the Dead is a more serious project than the Resident Evil movies. Yes. Do you feel like that? Absolutely. That's weird, huh? Yes. Huh. Maybe that one's a hard one because maybe zombie movies are usually a little bit less produced than Army of the Dead. Yeah. Because Army of the Dead was action-based as well. So maybe that's a strange one to call upon. But like Mortal Kombat, 
I think I definitely would have been more disappointed in that movie if I if we had gone to the theater to see it. Right. What about hundred percent? Like a movie like Soul, which we enjoyed, exactly. and saw, but saw it at home. Would we have enjoyed it more if we had seen it in a theater? I think I might have enjoyed it more because I like the the uh, aesthetic more right. of being in a movie theater. But Soul to me is like an undeniably beautiful right. story. You know, regardless of like, where you watch it. Yeah, yeah, up there with Inside Out. But I also feel like Soul was one of those things where it's like publicly noted this was made for theaters right. and the pandemic has changed that. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I definitely agree with this. Um, for me so far, it's been Mortal Kombat and uh, Army of the Dead that kind of are falling okay. between. Although Army of the Dead is a Netflix movie, so it always would have come out on Netflix. Right. What about The uh, the Irishman? That was supposed to be like you a cinema quality movie never that came out it. directly never saw it can't uh not not qualified to comment i know but i mean like that was another example right. of we're gonna make a movie that's this quality for home streaming and that's gonna further uh raise the bar for the netflix stuff right i mean you gotta say the documentary series yes and, and the standalone documentaries they were already, to me, at maximum quality right. on home streaming. In fact, I feel like if you look at, the, at, a, at a typical maximum quality documentary from 1990, 95, 2000, 2005, 2010, Netflix and HBO are continuing and have ritualistically blown them out of the water. Right. Is, there, is that right, ritualistically? Uh, probably not, but I get what you're It's close. Yeah. Uh, consistently is kind of a dumbed-down way to say it. Right. They always blow them out of the water. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and so we're just used to that. So I guess it's it's an interesting thing. But um, yeah, for me, Mortal Kombat is the big, biggest example, and Army of the Dead is, is another one um, where I think watching it at home casually whenever I want really changed my expectation level. So what's up with Black Widow? I, I want to see it in theaters. I also want to see it in theaters. Do you basically for any? I'll, I'll say this for any of the stuff that's going to come out on both. I want to see it in theaters. Okay. Do you feel the same way? Yeah. Now I do because yeah. you know we're we're vaxxed up. We're we're going in there. Yeah. And, uh, fortunately, theaters still not super crowded, so you don't have a bunch of idiots ruining your theater experience. Uh, so I'm all for seeing things in theater now. I will say, ritualistically, I think it actually. Oh, that's awesome. I think it fits it. Sure. Because it kind of means like this is what they always do right consistently is is a little bit more like this is what they have done uh -huh. but ritualistically is a little bit more like this is the plan to do this all the time sure which so netflix releasing a plus documentaries ritualistically i think kind of makes sense all right uh i don't know i hope it does right in tell me about the russians tell me about the rituals all right finally final new email from richard subject line wrestling body says dear chuck and brad that's us I know in the past you've mentioned things like WrestleMania watch parties, so I'm just curious, are you still watching wrestling? Have you watched any of AEW? Also, if you were a wrestler or a manager, what would be your what would your gimmick be? Obviously, I assume that Brad would be a straight-up rock and roll asshole and come mm. out doing air guitar, but maybe have other ideas. Mm. Thanks, from Richard Versus. What do you say, buddy? Uh, well, first of all, uh, I, I haven't been, like watching wrestling with with the point of like following storylines I'll, I'll i'll turn it on if i'm home on a monday night and just need something in the background mm -hmm. uh you know maybe i'm reading on the couch or, or playing switch or something yeah uh but it's not like i'm seeking it out i re i still do read the recaps of uh, of, of the big wwe shows raw and smackdown and and whatever pay-per-views they run uh 
weekly or, or, or as often as necessary to kind of keep up with storylines. But honestly, the storylines haven't been super impressive. Uh, I know Roman Reigns has been doing great work as a heel champion on SmackDown. He's been a bad guy. How do you how do you, how do you do a heel change? Um, that means that means how did he turn into a bad guy? Yeah, you know Paul Heyman represents him now. I'm sure he did something dastardly yeah. like six months ago or eight months ago. Like tied someone to a train track. Yeah, twisted his. But own but basically he's like, I'm uh I'm the head of the table, and uh, he comes out to different music. He walks way slower and has really kind of been like intense. Like this is. He, he's doing a much better job as a bad guy than he ever yeah. did as a good guy. Yeah. Uh, and so I know that's going well. But other than that, I haven't followed super closely. It's tough to get into it when the crowd's not there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's been my my wrestling. And then AEW, I've tuned in here and there. Kind of the same thing. It was on Wednesday nights, or it still is on Wednesday nights. Yeah. Um, where if, if I know there's a big thing coming up, maybe I'll watch that. Or if I read the recap and it's like, this was an amazing match then I'll like go back and watch it because I, I record it to yeah. to our YouTube TV DVR. Yep. Um, you know, and I happen to see some things like uh, Sammy Guevara threw a chair at Matt Hardy and it cut him open pretty seriously. Oh like I had like 17 stitches or something. And it was it was bloody and it was gross and it was unintentional. And I was like, okay, I don't I don't think that was supposed to happen. Wow, uh, I gotta see it, this. I'm looking it up right now. It's it's tough because I I don't you know, I'll, I'll read the recap and I know who some of the wrestlers are. I know what Jungle Boy looks like. I know what Luchasaurus looks like. But if they're like, Luchasaurus, oh, oh you know, uh, Tommy Birch fought uh, Dash Kangaroo. And I'm like, I don't know who those people are. Dash and, Kangaroo. I don't know. I'm making up names. No, I like. I think that's a cool name. It is. And so, uh, you know, when it, it tells me about the match, I can't picture it in my head because I don't know what either person looks like. And they're like, oh, Dash Dash Kangaroo hit the Joey Punch to win. I don't know what the Joey Punch <laughs> the is Joey or looks punch. like. I so, love it. So it's hard. You know, I love Orange Cassidy. I think he's great. Yeah. Uh, I didn't understand him initially. He was actually at the uh, the independent event that I, I did the, uh, the pre-taped spot for that yeah. uh, Laura from Buns and Bites and I did. Uh, we read off who was going to be in like a tag team turmoil tournament or something. Yeah. And uh, uh, it was Dick Justice, Super Cop. Yes, right. My best line reading. Yeah. And uh, Orange Cassidy was there and I'm like, this guy is insane. Like, yeah. it's it's so funny. He's such a, like a slacker character for those of you who don't know. And like, has half-hearted is a strong word. Like one eighth-hearted kicks at the opponent's shins. His hands are in his pockets all the time. Oh, yeah, I love that. It's so unique, and he does it so well. Yeah. Um, and so I, I appreciate him uh, in AEW. Uh, I think MJF in AEW is like the best heel working, mm-hmm. uh, maybe in the business, yeah. uh, but certainly in AEW. But, you know, it's 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 just hard. There's just a lot to keep up with where you're like, all right, I'm going to watch three hours of, of Raw, two hours of NXT, two hours of AEW, and two hours of SmackDown every week. It's just it's just a lot to keep up with. Yeah, for me, um, you know, it sucks because I guess with WF, I was getting more and more disappointed with the stories. Um, I think Brock Lesnar was a big part of it because I was so behind Lesnar for so long. And when he came back, like maybe in 2015 or 16, I think that's what it was. Yeah, right around there. Um, it wasn't 13, was it? No, I, he lost to Goldberg when you were at uh, in your Regency apartment, and I almost dove out your sixth floor window. Yeah, that was that was one of the one of the things. But basically, all this stuff happened where he came back and he was killing everybody. He was beating everybody. Yep. And I loved it. 
because I thought they were going to build to something and do something with it. And when it, you know, eventually led to nothing, when Goldberg beat him, like it killed me. And I was like, man, this story, I, I got invested in this story for a couple of years because he only wrestles every couple of months, right. on pay-per-views. And they did such a bad job with it for me. And it was one of the main storylines I was kind of invested in um, that that really pushed me away. And then there was just a lot of story stuff that I thought was forgettable. So I had fun at the live events that we went to, but I was really getting more and more disinterested. Right. And then when the pandemic hit and there was just no fans, I couldn't get behind it. It was just so boring to me to watch. Yeah. So I completely fell off the wrestling train. I, I love when I'm into wrestling. I love when there's a good storyline. I'm invested in a match. That's so much fun. Very I, honestly, nothing else really gets me in like that. Like when the Hardy Boys came back at WrestleMania yes. and won the TLC match. I don't know what what else in my life could do that to me, that excitement. Um, but I just, you know, there was nothing like that for me uh, when I fell out. I hope I get back in. I haven't gotten into AEW. And I mean, you know, if I'm being honest, it's tough for me to be like, to for me to get into a new promotion because you're losing all the history of right. of of the of the of the WWE which is what I grew up with and what I've liked for so long and as much as like I don't know if people might look down on that it just is a part of it it is a thing where it's like I want to be able to be excited when Shane comes out or like someone comes back and right. it's a big deal or Daniel Bryan comes back to be the general manager of SmackDown or whatever that history is a big part of it in the, in the same way that Fast and Furious 9 is coming out this summer right and if this was a brand new heist movie, my investment level is insanely different. Right. Or, you know, a new Avengers movie, whatever. And I, I think it's really logical because you're depending on the other stuff that these trustworthy people have done well over the years that has got you invested at that right. point. Um, but with wrestling, especially watching week in and week out in a pay-per-view, even if I was like, I'm just going to watch Raw and one pay-per-view every month. That's still a lot of time for me. Yeah. And um, to really find satisfaction so rarely is a, it's just a bum out. Um, but I hope I get back into it. Um, you know, it's tough because the guys, you know, when you fall out, you you get, you fall out of it and you're like, oh, the guys I love, CM Punk and Brock Lesnar and this guy and this guy, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, all these different people, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. You know, some of those people are not around, right. whatever. Uh, it's a bum out. I wish I was into. I wish I was more into it, but I just don't feel like the quality of storytelling was there for me. Um, now our gimmicks. Yeah, what do you got, Brad? I mean, first of all, if we're wrestling as a tag team, it's the Chuck and Brad podcast. <laughs> the idea of a podcast being a tag team is so funny. Yeah, um, we'd have to be heels. Well, oh, well, first of all, let me just go. Let's go down this road for one yep. second. Let's say it's the Chuck and Brad podcast. That's yes. our tag team. Of course, it is. Right. Yep. I think we have to constantly threaten that we're going to talk about this on the podcast, yes. which, which is really, we'd have to be bad guys because oh, if yeah. you're a podcast, you know, wrestling, it'd have to be me and you. We'd have to promise not to get any more in shape than we are, Yes, which is really funny. Yep. Um, constantly threatening to talk about that kind of stuff. Constantly plugging the podcast. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. that'll get people against us. Um, that's such a funny idea. They could do that as a gimmick somehow if it was a podcast. Right. It's funny because our name is the perfect podcast to be a heel tag team. A, a heel tag team because yeah. we're so obviously a podcast. Um, 
Man, that's really funny. Okay, yeah. what's your what's your real answer? Uh, Brad the Lion Roar, of course. Mm. Uh, and I and I think uh, I think, you know, what I do it, it varies era to era. Like yeah. uh, you know, ring gear in the '80s and early '90s looks different than it would be in the Attitude Era, yeah. uh, or the Ruthless Aggression Era, or even now. Um, where the Ruthless know, Aggression Era, yeah, what that? Uh, you know, kind of. Uh, I know it. I post, know I've seen the said but. P- post post Attitude Era. You know, like probably the five or, or eight years after. You know, Austin and the Rocks heyday. Yeah. So it's a, uh, you know, it, it's weird because I, I think when I wanted to be a wrestler in yeah. the in the late nineties, uh, I was like, all right, well, I'll be Brad the Lion Roar, and my finishing move. I don't know if you remember, D'Lo Brown had a had a power bomb where basically he'd be facing a guy, he'd just lift them up, and then they'd you know fall on their backs, and yeah, so it wasn't like eye. yeah, it wasn't like he was rolling them up and putting crotch and face, and and then power bombing. It was just like jump up and fall backwards was yeah. was the other guy's responsibility, and mine would have been that except forwards. The Lion's Roar is 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 was my finishing. Is, is move. it Kevin Owens? Uh, it's very similar. Uh, no, no, because that's still a power bomb. So you're still landing on your back with with KO. Uh, with me, you'd be landing on your face. Oh, I which, see. Which doesn't How do make you do that. Which, well, it doesn't make any sense because you could just put your hands out to stop you. So I, I think women have used it. I think uh, I don't know if <clears throat> an implant buster. It was probably called at some point where you hook the arms behind, like you're you're behind the person. You hook their arms, you pick them up, and then slam them down on their face and yeah, torso. Sure. Um, and so it would be something like that mm. as, as the lion's roar. Um, and you know, then you think about if, if I'm uh, if I'm a good guy and the heel commentator hates me, it's like, oh, or, you know, if I'm, if I'm a chicken shit heel, if you will, uh, then I'm the cowardly lion and, you know, things like that. So a lot yeah. of, a lot of wordplay with that, except, you know, when I was thinking all of this, of all of this, you know, if, if it would have hit, you know, around 2000, Jericho was working as Lionheart. Lionheart. Yeah. And so then, you know, I'm sure we'd have a battle over who, who, who gets to keep the lion name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, it's weird because I, I, I see the backyard mm-hmm. wrestling stuff that you did oh my and God, there's, yeah. there's some stuff that is absolutely perfect, uh, in terms of comedic right. wrestling. Comedic. Yeah. Absolutely perfect. And uh, I say, and, and like I'm afraid to say it because I don't want anyone to steal it. Like if if, uh, if Jericho is listening to this podcast and he's like, "Oh, that's a great idea." I'm well, gonna, that's what I was going to bring that. up. I yeah. think we can say it because we're not going to become wrestlers. Well, um, that's the kind of stuff I love. I mean, when we were wrestling, you know, my cousin Christian, who I mentioned earlier in the podcast, uh, he's a drummer of Senior Discount. You know, we've been close friends for a million years. When we were wrestling, he was a very scrawny little guy. Yes. And he was one of the main people that would wrestle. It was me and Christian and my buddy Lou. We would do backyard wrestling. And the focus a lot of times was just kind of the f- the funny aspects of it. Yes. It was almost, it was, you know, I kind of think of all of my creative stuff as me having this like, this nonstop uh, passion to create something. Okay. And this was like comedy, but coming in this form of like, oh, we can just kind of film in our backyard and right. we like wrestling and whatever. And his character... He didn't really have like a, you know, a super specific character, but one of his things was that he acted like he was a normal wrestler, but he was a really skinny little guy, right? little scrawny guy. And one of the things he always did was when he was fighting you, you know, eventually he'd kick you in the stomach and you'd bend over and he'd step over your head and he'd say, powerbomb time. And every single time the person would give him a back body drop, which means means they'd stand up and flip him over. 
Because, of course, he could not get off a powerbomb on anybody because he's too scrawny and little. And that was like a continuing gimmick. And over the years, you and I would talk about how, what if there was a wrestler? And and I guess it's funny because I didn't watch these, but reading Mick Foley's books later kind of informed me of this. There was a... And Christian... Here's what, what happened. Christian was always the champion. Yeah. But it was never because he was the best wrestler. Never. It would be like other people were fighting and they'd tire themselves out. And Christian would win on like a fluke. Like me and Christian would be pushed off a ladder and Christian would fall on me. Yep. And we'd both be knocked out, but he would technically get the pin. And I and so it was always like an accident, but he was always on top, even though it wasn't because of his skill level. But I guess they did that with Mikey Whipwreck yes. at ECW. Mikey Whipwreck had a, a Which long, I never watched. a long running losing streak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, you know, kind of the same thing. Where it was a fluke and he he won a title and blah yeah, blah right. blah and, and uh kept the winning streak going via fluke. Yeah, via fluke. And so that's kind of that was kind of part of Christian's uh you know story. And then the powerbomb time thing was always like a funny thing, and there'd be like different different things in the match where he'd be uncoordinated. It was all pretty real though. It yeah. wasn't like super scripted. We'd be like, oh, let's just go wrestle and whatever. And we try to be funny. Um so I think that we'd be and Brad have talked about over the years. If you had a guy like that, and then and he always did the powerbomb time thing, but then there was some huge WrestleMania headlining match. Yep. Somehow it's Christian versus Brock Lesnar. And, you know, the flukes are continuing. Somehow Christian is getting it over on Brock Lesnar. They're in the, you know, they're they're on top of the turnbuckle in the corner or something. Yeah. And Christian says, powerbomb time. And he actually gets it off. Yeah. How big is the pop from that crowd? Yep. How invested are people that he finally achieved it? The idea of saying, all right, you know, wrestler, uh, <clears throat> Christian, you're a wrestler. We're signing you to a three-year contract. And Christian saying, all right, here's here's the thing. I want to hit one power bomb in the next three years. Yeah, yes. That's it. Right in my contract that if I hit more than one power bomb, mm-hmm. I'm I'm kicked out for good. Yeah. Because it doesn't work if he hits it more than once. Yeah, yeah. It has to be one time. He finally says power bomb time at the highest moment of, of right. can he win, you know, and he gets it. And so we've talked about that for a long time and how that would be like, you know, if we were watching, we'd have our hands on our heads at home, like yeah. flipping out. I mean, Paul Heyman, who is a, you know, a legendary wrestling promoter and manager has basically said you can get any move over as long as you stop everyone else on the on the roster from doing that move and making you do it every every time you do it to somebody they're completely knocked out and you pin them right you, he's like you can get like i forgot what he, what he used it was like a an axe handle smash or something very commonplace right. he's like if only if the best person does it um and knock someone out every time and no one else does it, then you can get that move over. And this is kind of a similar idea. Right. Um, but a little bit more with uh, some story behind it, some heart. But I mean, I think that that would be the move. I'd rather go, if I was going to like, it's weird because it wouldn't be, I don't know if it would be me. Maybe I'd be a, I guess if it was me, maybe I'd be a manager. Brad would be the the talent. Mm, thank and, you. And I'd put, I'd make you more of like a, I think you're continually signing me up for matches I don't want <laughs> yeah, 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 and have in yeah. no way qualified for. Like in real life, I tried to reach out to New Jack and have him wrestle Brad. That's in real life. May he rest in peace. Um, I wanted I wanted to have like a Brad birthday party with like a wrestling ring. And Brad's like, oh, this is fun. This is cool. You rented a wrestling ring. And then I wanted New Jack to show up. If First of all, <laughs> if I had pulled that off, if you came to my house one year, yep. let's say it's three years ago. 
wrestling ring in the backyard for your birthday party. Uh, pretty neat. You're like, wow, this is cool. We're doing moves, whatever. Yeah. We're joking around. Then all of a sudden, New Jack comes in. And you're, what do you, first of all, what do you say? Are you like, <laughs> welcome to the party, Mr. Jack. And what do you really like though? What, what is, what is New Jack doing? He, Why is, okay, did so you, he has, did he has you a, invite New Jack? He has a trash can. He throws it in the ring. It's yep. full of crutches and baseball bats and yep. Nintendos. And then he grabs you and throws you in the ring. <laughs> What is your thought? I, I, how quick can I roll out of the ring on the other side? Which fence am I jumping over to sprint away? Do you know that I hired him to beat you up? At this point, I, it doesn't matter. I'm too scared. I, I'll, I'll, I'll figure out why he's there later. So you wouldn't have a little fun with New Jack in no, the ring and no, do some? No, really? No. You wouldn't do some work? No. I, I, I don't like the pain. I'm too old to get hit in the head with a computer keyboard. <laughs> My greatest friend became my worst enemy. Yes. <laughs> Is that about you booking New Jack? No, that was about the computer keyboard. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Works on multiple levels. Would uh, you wouldn't work with New Jack a little bit? No. For people who don't know, New Jack is like he's notoriously a murderer guy. He's like supposed to be a bounty hunter in real life. And then not not like story wise. This is like real life. And then in a couple matches, he's like stab people and he's like done really terrible things um he is deceased yeah he's deceased probably probably for the better you, you gotta be honest he's hurt a lot of people in bad ways i would wrestle against uh like trish stratus <laughs> yeah 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 uh, on, honestly i'd wrestle against it's weird because i she, if you wrestle against trish stratus she, she'd unfriend you so quick after oh yeah oh yeah um i i think uh i i think there are yeah i'd, I'd, I'd work with a lot of wrestlers spike dudley yeah, but like I don't know what I'm doing, and so the idea of you springing this match on me, <laughs> like it's not going to be entertaining for anyone, and it's going to be unsafe. Not only for they gave me such a good idea because Spike Dudley like lives close to us. Spike Dudley is not going to show up and wrestle me, and if he does, you would wrestle him. Well, I'm I'm just saying. Would you say that I am ill prepared? <laughs> you sure are to entertain anyone in a wrestling ring. You couldn't take an acid drop from Spike Dudley? Uh, I could probably take an acid drop. Yeah, yeah, there you go. But it wouldn't look good. Well, what if I helped him give you a 3D? Spike <laughs> Spike didn't do the 3Ds. That was Bubba and well, Devon. Come on. Come on. Wait, let, him, let him have some fun. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, I think, I, I think I'd have to be a manager. I mean, I don't know what my gimmick would be, but I love the oh, idea just, of, the, just the, Chuck. of the podcast being he, a heel podcast, and it's the tag team name is the Chuck and Brad podcast. That's <laughs> hilarious to me. So I hope that was a good answer. We gave a lot of info. My, my, you know, my character when we backyard wrestled, which is when I was like 14, 15, um, it was just me. It was, yeah. I didn't do anything. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It was, it was weird. It, it really, it, I think our characters were kind of like, what? We want to wrestle. That's, that's basically yeah. what our, what our was thing motivation was. We just, just yeah. want to hang out and yeah. like, we'd have entrance music that we liked and we'd wave to the people that were there. Right. And then we'd wrestle. We didn't really have like mics, like a mic thing where we talked to, we talked and right. had like storylines. The only storylines we had were like, this person beat me and I'm going to show him that I can beat him. You know? Okay. Me and my old friend Fairchild had some matches that were kind of harsh. Um, not, not really, but a little bit. And uh, it was fun. All right. So let's talk about, uh, well, I watched the Friends reunion. How was it? It was okay. Um, <clears throat> You know, it was fun. It felt like more of, let's say they were doing one 
more episode. Right. It felt like what would air before that episode. Right. Somebody it, said it fe- It feels like what would have been a DVD extra at once. That's exactly what it okay. is. Okay. But a very, like, but like an extremely but well expensive, yeah. very produced. It was hosted by James Corden. Right. Um, they did a couple things. I mean, I, I guess from an, from a directing standpoint, in terms of if I was in charge of uh, not only filming it, but putting it together, I guess the ideas were, one, we're going to bring the six of them back to the sets. Right. And they're going to sit around the sets and just organically kind of talk about what memories come up. Right. That's one thing they filmed. Very good. Two, we're going to have them do a sit, like, sit around a table and do a table read of some classic scenes. And then three, we're going to have them out in front of the fountain in front of an audience. And James Corden is going to interview them with questions he has and take a couple of questions from the audience. Right. And we're going to have some people show up, including Janice, uh, Thomas Lennon, who played Joey's hand twin in an right. episode. Um and kind of have fun with that. That was essentially the basis. What they shot those three separate things, and then they put them together randomly. Yeah, which is a weird thing. And they they kind of I think they did it fine in terms right. of like I don't know if there's a better way to segment it, but they did just kind of take those and f- try to figure out organic ways to have them slide in and out of each other. Where you know a question would be about Ross and Rachel at the live thing, then it would go to the table read. Of them talking oh, okay. about their first kiss, right? And they're like redoing the scene now, right? And uh, I think from a directing standpoint, they probably did the the smartest thing they could do, which is just have it kind of seamlessly go back and forth between all three all the whole time, right? But it did seem weird. It did seem like, wait, what are they doing? It did it did seem a little strange, right? Um, and uh, I would much prefer an episode. And it's funny because everyone always says like, you're gonna ruin this, you're gonna fuck this up, yeah. And one of the things they said, which I do respect, they were like, they said that uh, they left all the characters wrapped up with positive lives. Yeah. And to make an episode, and they didn't say this word for word, but this is this is the, this is the gist that I got. You'd have to introduce issues. Yes. And so you'd have, and then they, they didn't say that, but you'd have to unravel their lives a little bit. Right. For it to be a thing. Yes. Um. Now, let's say me and you were like, Chuck and Brad, you guys, you got injured at the last Dove Wrestling pay-per-view. By the way, can I say this? Our uh, <laughs> our finishing move would be called the one-star review. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That's fucking... That's gold, man. You should... You should you should walk a little bit taller for the next week on that joke. That's a great idea. That's very funny. That's Thank great. Thank you. The one-star review. Oh, that's funny. we got to come up with more podcast wrestling stuff. <laughs> no, we don't. We do. Um, but, this is uh, going to end with us in a ring. I know. <laughs> I know. We're going to get stink-faced. <laughs> uh, so anyway, you know, they're like, Chuck, you know, NBC slash Warner slash HBO. I don't even know who the fuck owned Friends. They're like... You guys, you know, you got injured fighting New Jack. Well, Brad did. (laughs) Got my head wrapped. I've got one crutch. It's my birthday. Yep. But uh, you guys are out for a couple weeks. Can you write the Friends uh, reunion episode? Right. Here's what I would do. Let me scratch my own head and think about this. What you should do is something that's either... Here are my ideas that immediately come to mind. It'd be cool to do something that mirrors the first episode. Okay. 
Um, or it would be really funny to go back to something that was kind of unresolved and make it a big deal. Okay. And make a big deal out of it. I mean, like obviously the big one in Friends is we were on a break. Yeah. Um, so maybe not that one because it's so big. Right. And it's kind of ambiguous. Um, but something that was unresolved. But I think you could do it in a way that brings them together, showcases their personalities, and make and is not a big deal for their lives. Did uh, you know what I mean? Did Monica and Chandler? Did they they successfully adopt? They had Anna Faris join the show. Okay, Anna Faris was a surrogate, right? And she had twins yeah. for them. Okay, and they had twins by the end. Wasn't it, Phoebe a surrogate for Giovanni Ribisi and right. Deborah Joe Rupp? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so the I, last yeah, episode, I mean, what I, happens is uh, Monica and, and Chandler buy a a, play, a house like in the outskirts, right. of the, of New York. Right. They're moving out. Yep. Uh, Rachel is going to go to Milan on the plane right. and she decides to be with Ross. And yep. by the way, they showed that scene again as, as cliche as it was, it's pretty perfect. Do you remember it? Yes. Where he, he's not allowed on the plane. He's like, get off the plane. She's like, I'm sorry. And she leaves. Right. He goes back to her apartment. He listens to the message of her trying to get off the plane where she realizes on the phone that she loves him. Right. And she's like, let me off the plane. Let me off the plane. And they won't let her off the plane. And he's screaming at the message thing. Yeah. Like, uh, like let her off the plane. And then the message ends. And he's like, did she get off the plane? And then his door is open and she's in the thing. And she's like, I got off the plane. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah. Ross and Rachel are together. Um, and they already have a kid yeah. in it. And then Phoebe and Paul Rudd are together. Yep. Paul Rudd is her yes. boyfriend. And when they're leaving, essentially, uh, you know, he sees the kids, Chandler and Monica's kids. And he's like, oh, he's like, he's like, I want one of those. And they you basically are kind of like they're going to have kids. Joey wasn't really, <clears throat> didn't really have any sort of wrapped up story. Right. He went to L.A., started Joey. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah. yeah. I forgot about that, um, which I liked. But then they're all leaving the apartment. And he's like, do you guys have to leave immediately? Like, you want to go get coffee or something? And uh, they're walking away. They're like, yeah, let's do it. And they're walking away. And Chandler goes, where? And I'm like, that, first of all, that's a great yeah. final joke for the show. But I think you could bring them back. I mean, and- you know, if, if the kids are, if, if, how long ago did the show air? 20 years? The kids are, are 20 to 22. Um, kid, I, think, kid, I think the show aired till 2004. So let's call it, okay. you know, 17 years. Ah, it's tough. Maybe Ben, maybe Ben's getting married and they're all back in town for Ben's wedding. Ben. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Ross's son. Yeah. Who's probably 25. Right. So, you know, that's a reasonable wedding time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's the idea of like, are, are the, the characters, it gives them an organic reason to come together. You don't have to unravel their lives in big ways. That's, maybe, that's maybe, of... maybe somebody's got a secret from somebody else. Maybe somebody's got this. Somebody... And so you're not, you're not like, oh, it turns out you that, that cr- Monica's a serial killer. You want to hear it? You want to hear it? I figured it out. Okay. You ready for this? That was a weird gesture. Ross and Rachel together. Yes. Uh, let's say Phoebe and uh, Paul Rudd are together. Of Fine. course. Uh, who, man, who would leave Paul Rudd? Chandler and Monica are together. Yep. Joey is whatever. Yep. They made a joke about him owning a like a sandwich shop in Staten Island or something like that. Okay. I think that's actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, what if all of them are coming back together? Yep. They haven't talked in a long time. Yep. And all of them separately are worried that they're not going to get along anymore. Oh. Worried that their relationships have changed. We've changed so much. Yep. We've done this. And they come back together. And they're all like, hey, and it's a little awkward. Yep. And then they start having these little moments and uh, 
like little issues or little things that they're all dealing with together with Ben's wedding or right. whatever it is. Let's right. say it's Ben's wedding that are reminiscent of things that happened and it lets them, it lets them reminisce. Yeah. And the problem of the episode, cause you gotta have a problem. Yes. Is the fact that they're worried that they're not going to be like they used to be. Right. And the resolution of the episode is that they always will be. Yes. That's pretty good. Pretty good. That's pretty damn good. good. Call James Corden. That's pretty damn good. It's Marta Kaufman and Crane, isn't it? Yeah. Something like that. It's something Kaufman and Crane. Yeah. Now, Marta Marta Kaufman, I think, is the woman's name. Yeah. So it's something Kaufman and Crane. Bright? Bright Kaufman and Crane? In any event. I feel bad that I'm leaving someone out. Take take the, the current reunion off the air. The Chuck and Brad podcast tag team is currently on hiatus as I recover from my wounds. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> suffered from like while sleeping. Yes. Uh and and we'll write this episode. We'll have it out there. They'll be on a break. There'll be a lobster. Nobody shares uh what, Joey don't share food. We what, eat a trifle at the reception. Who knows? What what do you think about what do you think about my idea? Makes a lot of sense. It's pretty fucking Makes good. Makes a lot of sense. Because I, I agreed with them when I saw them. Like, oh yeah, they'd have to have problems. But what if their problems were basically are we the same friends? Right. And they are the same friends. Yeah. And you'd yeah, you'd have to do that kind of stuff that you were just talking about. It would have to be someone, you know, they'd have to reminisce about different things. They'd have to call back to certain things and, and, and bring back moments and stuff right. like that. And maybe the final thing is, uh, you know, they're eating at the wedding. They realize they're all friends. They've had the heartwarming moment. And then someone goes like, oh, like I didn't I didn't have the shrimp. Like, Joey, can I have one of yours? And uh, like Chandler puts his arm between it and he's like, Joey doesn't share food. Yeah. And someone else does that. Yeah. You know, something like that kind of stuff, like what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, that's the way to go. Right. Oh, man. Yeah. Don't you hate being in a position of no power with stuff like this? This is, I, I know we're just on a podcast. We're just two fucking idiots. We're just two part-time we're wrestlers. Two, we're two part-time backyard wrestlers <laughs> on a podcast. I got, you know, I got no power, no ties to the industry besides, you know, my small ones. I'm never going to get this this plan to anyone, but this is actually, that's a great idea. It is. That's a great idea. It is. I got to write Marta Kaufman. Do it. Um. Anyway, I think that, I think that the, the Friends reunion, it did feel like a big, expensive Blu-ray extra. Okay. <sighs> you know what? I, I, you know what? I don't agree with that. It's more like a retrospective that would air accompanying the final episode right. or accompanying a reunion. Got so it. a little bit bigger than that. Right. So maybe after the final episode... Um, it would be no. It's it's like it's equivalent to the, the Seinfeld the special. In, yeah. No, the Seinfeld special that aired on NBC before they played okay. the final Seinfeld. All right. That's what it is. And not like the Parks and Rec. Uh, they're on Seth Meyers after the final episode. Yeah, much more produced than that. Okay. Um, because they they had to rebuild the sets. I was thinking about yeah. this. I'm like, how did they do this? Because they did the same thing for Seinfeld. Yeah. All the sets had to have been dismantled in some way even if everything was stored in a storage unit but they had to rebuild everything um but yeah so it was it was fun to watch it was you know they're all joking about how they're old and stuff and i and it's weird because like i get the idea that the cool thing to do is to be like nah we're not going to do it again nah 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 yeah but sometimes for me it's more like can you find a way to do it that is subversive which you know the best one ever is always going to be the Seinfeld reunion on Curb Enthusiasm for season seven. The whole cast is together. It's just, it's the best way to do it. Yeah. However, how many shows are like, well now our, uh, our creator that was behind the scenes for the whole show has his own successful show. Yeah. Um, Good thing I've been watching bright Kaufman crane on Showtime. Yeah, exactly. That's a great idea though. Uh, 
I want to tweet it. I, I it's too big to tweet. It is. It's a big tweet. It is. Um. All right. Anyway. Um. What else? So so I so I thought it was good. If you like Friends, watch it. You know, some people don't like Friends. Right. Um. I'm in the camp where I think Friends is actually not only a an excellent sitcom in terms of like putting it up there with Cheers, you know, all those like classic sitcoms. Right. But I also think that Friends was legitimately funny. They had legitimate uh comedy in, in it, included with with Matthew Perry, Matt LeBlanc, uh David Schwimmer. I think Jennifer Aniston's great. I think Courtney Cox is great. I think everybody's great. I think there's a lot of comedy in it. But and, and the heart of Friends, of course, is that they mix that with really emotional storytelling. Right. And I think that it's incredible. It's a very well-written show. I mean, you know, they really balance these six characters so that every episode felt like an episode of Friends. But we're talking about 22-minute episodes that are balanced between six people. That's, right. that's a really... It's a tough... It's less tough than four time. minutes per character. Yeah. Um, and you still felt like you got these full stories from everybody. So I think that Friends is an incredible show. I think people that try to compare it to Seinfeld... It's a different show. It's just... It's not the same type of project. Right. You know what I mean? It's just not the same. Um, and I think without Friends, there's no... Uh, Community, there's no how I met your mother, and those post uh, friends shows that I that I love so much too. Um, I had a weird dream last night. It was really weird. Okay, <laughs> we went to go see uh, we went to go see Quiet Place, which we're going to close the show with Quiet Place. Yeah. Um, and uh, how far are we into this podcast? Wow, we're pretty. We're pre- I, I thought we weren't going to have much in this podcast. Had a lot of talk about Russians early on <laughs> wrestling. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, I'll I'll go through this quick then. Sorry, I didn't realize we were so far into it. But um, I fell asleep right away last night. We got home at like midnight. Yep. Fell asleep immediately. Woke up at like 2.30. Fell asleep at 4. Woke up at like 9.45. Okay. He, and here's the dream I woke up from. I was in a world where there was a like a whole world of like marionette puppets that were alive are you also a marionette puppet? no i'm me okay and like they're like small okay they're like as tall as like my thigh okay and some of them have taken uh people captive and tortured them oh that's not good yeah how if they're I, as tall as your thigh you know i don't know okay and i was in this world and i had like this big axe but it was more like a stone so it was like rounded and they were like, oh, one of the tortured ones. It's not the main one, but this is one of the tortured ones is coming into this room right now. Torture-er ones, yeah, right? Yeah, okay. this puppet okay. tortured people. Okay. Tor- captured people. I'm, I'm sorry, real quick. Tortured people or other marionettes? Uh, people. Okay. Like, 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 almost like if all the evil dolls, like yeah. Chucky, Slappy from Goosebumps. Yeah. Uh, what, what are some other evil dolls? I don't know. I'm on board. Annabelle. Dead Silence. I think that's what must have spurred it is Annabelle. Yeah. I thought about it. Annabelle, Dead Silence. It's almost like they have their own world and they're right. bringing people back and torturing them. Okay. A couple of them. Yeah. Not all the dolls are evil. Right. It's like, oh, one of them is coming into this room right now. Like, you should take this opportunity to kill the doll. And I was like, okay. I had the axe. The doll comes in. Right. She's facing away from me. Okay. And I just like, I hit her over the head with a thing and she falls to the ground. Good thinking. And then I smashed her head. I smashed it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Just uh, your 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 motions. <laughs> Why? It's all. It's just demonstrative. That's all. You're smashing this this poor doll's head. Yes, and the and the head is like made of. Uh, it's made. Of, <laughs> it's made of like plaster. Okay. Not plaster. Like porcelain. Like uh, 
Sort of. It's almost like, you know what a potted plant would break like? Yeah. That's terracotta. Like. Okay. Yeah. And it's breaking. Yep. And like the eyes are falling out and they're kind of mm. like flipping around looking at me. Oh, that's disturbing. Yeah. I'm smashing the head, right? And I wake up. Okay. I mean, this is like 9.45 in the morning. Yep. And like, you know, the light's coming in, whatever. <laughs> it's just, Terrified. <laughs> I'm like, this doll's gonna get revenge on me. This oh, is yeah. me awake. Awake knowing it's in the morning and not like 3 a.m. <laughs> no, I was awake at 9 45. I'm like, what did I do? Like, I don't get, I need to get involved. I don't need to <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what did I do? I can't leave my smash this doll's head. I know that they're torturing people. Well, so in my life, I'm like, it's almost like I woke up and was like that was a dream. These dolls don't torture people. How could I have killed that doll? <laughs> okay. Which is weird because that's saying that some of it was a dream and some of it was real. Right, right. And I was like, I can't fall back asleep. They're going to get revenge on me. In your dream? No. In real life? I pictured it. I pictured the doll in my doorway and I couldn't keep my eyes closed. Swiss would protect you. Swiss miss your dog. I had my eyes closed. Like I, I, I would close my eyes and picture the doorway and open my eyes. Close my eyes, picture the doorway, open my eyes. And I couldn't fall back asleep for so long. I was terrified of these dolls getting revenge on me for smashing this doll's head. Eventually I fell asleep. But it was it was really strange. And it kind of gives me this confirmation. And tell me if you agree with this. I kind of feel like you wake up from a dream. Yes. And the line isn't like I was sleeping and dreaming and now I'm awake. There's some kind of gray area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you're like confused. Yes. You're like, did this really happen? Then there's like, I know this didn't happen, but did it happen? Like you're almost like... You, you're awake and you know you're awake and it didn't happen, but you kind of still believe it. Yeah. You feel like that? Yeah, a little bit. I, I mine are generally, um, if I was in, in my dream, I was scheduled to work at, uh, at Walgreens back home. And I was like, no, I can't work here. I have a different job I have to be at. And then I'll wake up and I'm like, am I, where, where, where are my working days? Walgreens or is it you missed? Okay. Okay. I got it. I don't work at Walgreens. I haven't worked there in 17 years. Yeah. Um, or, uh, or if I'm like arrested in a dream, I wake up and I'm just relieved that I'm not arrested or like falling from the rafters in a gym. I know. Um, but yeah, the, the, the blurring of like, Ugh. am I sure I'm okay? Ugh. I think I'm okay. 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 I'm okay. And then, you know, usually like after a shower or something, I'm like, oh, what a silly thought. Oh, I was terrified. Yeah. I was like, they're going to get revenge on me. I know it. I'm already scared of dolls. Yes. I kept telling myself, you've always been scared of dolls. Dolls have never killed you or... Well, attempted I, to get revenge on you yet right all right so <laughs> dolls have never killed you yet all right so let you want to skip right to quiet place too yes i we'll do save our other topics yep um by the way I, I figured out a topic recently we i have to save it for when ray is on because okay. he's gonna fucking hate it oh our buddy no, ray, poor ray he's gonna criticize me yeah you know he's gonna tear me up like he always does um so we're going to do a spoiler-free review of Quiet Place 2, then we're going to go into uh, full spoilers, but we'll warn you before then. Yeah, this probably won't be as deep a dive as it was for Army of the Dead. No, it won't be as deep a dive, because there's not as much to talk about, in, in, in a positive way. Yes. Um, but we're going to warn you, so if you haven't seen Quiet Place 2, or you don't want to hear spoilers about it, we will warn you before we get into that. I will say, though, in our spoiler-free Quiet Place 2 review... We may be spoiling points of A Quiet Place. So sure. if you haven't seen the first A Quiet Place, now might be a good time to So you to think that out. you're worried about the people who don't mind if I'm, I'm just, Quiet Place 2 is spoiled, but do mind if A Quiet Place 1 is spoiled? Well, they'd, they'd obviously be concerned if both are spoiled. 
Right. So, so, so why do we have to say this part that you're just saying? Well, I'm saying if... I already said that Quiet Place 2 won. Yeah. So why are you what, saying the Quiet Place 1 won? Because we might spoil a Quiet Place 1 oh, in our spoiler-free. Oh, yeah. you're saying we might spoil Quiet Place 1. Right. While we're with not our, spoiling... our spoiler-free Quiet Place 2. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay, I get I'm, it. I'm glad we didn't have to have a ladder match about that. <laughs> I almost killed you. Yeah. I almost called New Jack in here. Yeah. <laughs> From the, the grave. grave. <laughs> I'm going to get you a doll of New Jack for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> New Jack is such a piece of shit. I Was. just watched a new documentary on New Jack. He is such... I feel like you're a little bit... <laughs> tell me if I'm wrong. You're a little bit... Like, you forgive... You forgive... You forgive... New Jack for the terrible things he's done for stabbing other wrestlers, his attempted murder on I Vic Grimes. I don't know that I forgive it as so much as I just don't bring it up. <laughs> Was it like on purpose? Because you don't want to hurt his feelings? Well, no, just not at all. Like it's, well, it's, we've talked a lot about New Jack recently. Yeah. But, but mentioned- you're, the, you're the one who's like, guys, ah, garbage. <laughs> That's what I mean. I'm like, New Jack tried to kill these people. You're like, you're like, zip your lips and throw the key away. <laughs> Not taking any chances with the ghost of New Jack. Well, it just seems like it seems like you either think it's okay that he did these things. I do not. Or you think they're excusable or something. There's, there's something about you that is in defense of New Jack. Do you agree with that? No. Well, what, well, why don't you comment on these things when I say them? Because you're 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 giving facts. Why do I need to comment on them? Come on, you're a New Jack apologizer. Yeah, all right, sure. <laughs> You are. All right. New Jack tried to kill Vic Grimes. What do you say about that? I disapprove. <laughs> I feel like you said you said more about the girl than I'm. <laughs> That's because you didn't have anything to contribute about the girl who unfriended me. This you're like, here's a fact. New Jack tried to kill a guy, and I'm like, he sure did. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you're more upset about the girl that unfriended me than New Jack's murders. You definitely are. Yes. That's so funny. <laughs> well, New Jack didn't try to kill me. He didn't. You know what? New Jack and I are still friends on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no matter how many shows I invited him to, he never defriended me. What a good guy. <laughs> that is how you think. I know it. I know you're making a joke, but that's how you think. All right. I think New Jack did a lot of bad stuff. I have more to say about it than I disapprove. But here, this is for another day. Um, all right. Quiet Place 2 spoiler-free review. That may include spoilers for A Quiet Place 1. I think, we, do we need to? I, I know, guess so. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Yeah, three years, four years okay, old. Okay, all right. I, you know, it's 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 not like we're talking about a sixth sense. Yeah. Which is year 20-something years old. Sure. All right. So what do you say? I think Quiet Place 2 uh, started out as a prequel, a prequel uh, to uh, A Quiet Place 1 yeah. with some things just as the aliens were, were invading. Which was revealed in the trailers. Yes. And then uh, and then it continued right where A Quiet Place left off. Right. And uh, I thought it was a great framing device. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that made sense. Uh, Emily, it was Emily Blunt, right? Yes. She was great. She, uh, it, it's weird because at the beginning, uh, in, in the in the pre-alien times, uh, she really reminded me of our friend Maddie Shuchuk. She reminds me of that too. Yeah. I thought about that too. Yeah. It's weird because they don't really look similar. No, I was thinking about Maddie's features. Yeah, I, I think it was like just uh, like, like wardrobe choice and maybe like hair color slash style in in that color in in that opening scene i have seen maddie's hair blonde 
Not that blonde. Yeah. Maddie Shuchuk is a stylist that yeah. Ray Harrington and I share. And if you think that's a joke, ask Ray who his stylist is. We share a stylist. Yes. Um, so yeah. So that, that, so if you ever look at me and you're like, who styled this guy? <laughs> the same as the same as Ray Harrington. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, we we open up on on a, a baseball game, and and you know the aliens show mm-hmm. up, and and mm-hmm. things don't go well for the Earthlings. Yes. And then we we cut to uh, post a quiet place. Yes. And kind of the struggle that they're having to like figure out the next steps because the place they have been is no longer safe. Yeah. The, the barn is burned down. They've lost their supplies. Uh, the remnants of the family have to. Uh, strike out to seek safety elsewhere. Yeah, and uh, and and kind of the plot goes from there. Um, yeah, I I, I thought uh, I thought Emily Blunt was good. I thought the the daughter was good. Uh, the son was was fine in terms of an acting. I actually thought the son was pretty great. Yeah, he, he really made me feel like claustrophobic in one scene. Claustrophobic, but like you know, like I said, spoiler free. Yeah, he is. He gets scared in that prequel part. Yep. Uh, he gets hurt. He yep. gets trapped. When he's upset, it like it's, it's, it's it, it genuinely makes me, upsetting. Yeah. It makes me upset. Yeah, that's to, a good, to see that's his good face, call. right? Yeah. yeah. Like his, his expressions and stuff, it makes me feel like uncomfortable. Yeah. I will say this: last night was probably the most uncomfortable I felt in a movie in like, like watching a movie in like years i'd say since 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 kill bill volume two when did she get buried yeah yeah because that was super uncomfortable last night did you feel the same way yes yeah crazy yeah uh cillian murphy is also in this movie he was awesome he was he was great he's scarecrow in the in the dark batman begins yeah Mm -hmm. um but i thought he was he was excellent in this and uh you know the aliens were good Mm -hmm. um good guys just like new jack and uh, yeah, I, I I enjoyed the film. I had, I had a great time watching it. Uh, yeah. There there's some some plot things that I didn't love. There's some really. Uh, well, we'll talk about this. Yeah, there there's some, some I I don't know if it's storytelling or cinema things that I'm like, well, I understand why they're doing this. I just don't like it. Huh. Okay, uh, we'll just in in terms of like timelines. Yeah. Um, but I understand again from a cinema point of view why it's done that way. I just you know yeah didn't like it. Yeah. Um, but overall, you know, definitely worth a watch uh yeah. it, it's weird you know chucky and and you can expand on this if you like you know you said it's kind of a small film yes and in a good way and, yes and uh and so the idea uh you know you're not necessarily seeing uh jeff goldblum and will smith fly up to the alien mothership to yeah. upload a virus fly straight up the anus yeah wait that was was that was that them no randy quaid flew up the anus yes right yeah um they were in the mouth and uh, you're not seeing that. You're not seeing that. You're Double seeing. Stuffed. You're seeing <laughs> that poor alien spaceship. You're seeing uh, kind of you know a family struggle with uh, with this situation. Yes. And uh, so yeah, it was it was uh, it was really good. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking about how you kind of refuse to comment on New Jack. It's just so weird. <laughs> like you think he's a good person? No. <laughs> All right. Very convincing. Um, Quiet Place. Uh, Quiet Place 2, in terms of scope, I'd say similar to Quiet Place 1. Yes. Right? In a great way. Yeah. Um, Quiet Place 1, in terms of a quality horror movie, got to be in my top five horror movies of the past decade. Yeah. Do you think so too? Absolutely. What else is in there just for fun? Halloween? When did Cabin in the Woods come out? Cabin in the Woods. Probably before five years ago. Okay. Because you got to think 2016. 
Cabin in the Woods is up there. I think the new Halloween is up there for me. Yeah, I think and so. I think the first ch- it, chapter one is up there for right. me. Um, but uh, I love A Quiet Place 1. It just really surprised me with the storytelling and stuff like that. And it's interesting because we watched... You know what movie I watched this week for the first time in since 2013? Prisoners. Ah, uh, yes. Dude, Prisoners, I think it's one of my favorite movies. Hugh, in, in, Hugh Jackman? Get, you know how long that movie is? Two and a half hours long. Yeah. And it's incredible. It's Jackman, uh, Hall, and like, I just remember we watched it when it came out and I was like, I, I remember we loved it when it came out. Right. But man, watching again this week, I was like, this movie is so powerful and it's all about performance, acting yeah. performance. Um, Quiet Place is kind of like in that world where they're like, it's not a big budget movie. It's a spe- specific, straightforward concept, and it's how we deal with the world and how we deal with the concept and what we do and the acting and the story of it. And it's almost in between a world of like prisoners, which is just straight up. It's, it's just a, you know, it's a drama right. or a thriller um, with a little bit of, you know, a supernatural entity that is not the focus of Quiet Place 1 at all. Right. Um I loved it. And then Quiet Place 2, I was like, I really hope it's the same. And I, I, I honestly say from a storytelling standpoint, an execution standpoint, it's almost identical, which is really good. Yeah. Um, and it's a pre-seek, which is a word that Brad and I came up with, which is a half prequel, half sequel. Yep. You know, more seek than preek. Yep. Uh, unlike Paranormal Activity 2, which I think is more preek than seek. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I really loved it. Um, I thought Cillian Murphy was awesome. Was I thought really Emily good. Blunt was fucking awesome. I got to tell you, that opening scene, was that thrilling? It was. Oh, my. I was like, I was excited. Like, I'm like, Martin Scorsese says that movies are, you know, the, the Avengers movies are uh, rides. Yeah. I'm like, this part of this movie, which is a small budget movie, is a ride. Yeah. In, in a good way. Yeah. And I think that the ride can be really well utilized as a great important part of movies. Even movies like Jaws, like classic movies, have the ride element to them sometimes. And this has that. Um, but I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought everyone's performance was great. I thought the world playing with the world was great. They added to the lore yep. in a way that I thought was organic. And uh, it really continues the story in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, but yeah, great stuff. I think we could. I think that's enough for a spoiler free. Yeah. So we're going to go spoiler full review on Quiet Place 2. If you haven't seen it, you don't want to hear the spoilers. Thank you for listening. Appreciate it. Please harass Brad until he just takes responsibility for what New Jack has done. On Twitter, he's just, at Brad Roar. Just, just leave me off of social media altogether. <laughs> I'm done. Uh, please unfriend Brad and tell him it's because he hasn't he hasn't properly answered for New, New Jack's crimes. Uh, but we're gonna go into a spoiler full review of Quiet Place Two starting now. Woo! I loved when the opening scene when she's driving up the road. Yes, and the bus is coming at them, and, the and she puts it in reverse, and she starts driving backwards, and the bus is right there following them. Excellent! Wasn't that awesome? It was really awesome. And, and were you kind of like, wow, I've never seen this done so clearly in a movie right which is surprising yeah um that was awesome i thought the whole tone of that open was just what a what a mood setter it's a it's a ba- it's a little league baseball game yeah. and john krasinski's running late the, the little the little yeah. town is right next to it the little main street of the yep. town um and you know the, the the son is nervous about batting and he's a little scared of the pitches yeah. he's flinching out of the way yeah um and you know 
there's a, a Chekhov's sign language scene where yeah. uh, like Cillian Murphy is like, oh, dive, that's a pretty easy one. And I'm like, oh, I hope that doesn't come back. And it did. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Because uh, he was he was yelling at a base runner to dive and uh, and then asked the girl, how do you say dive in sign language? And she showed him and he's like, oh, I can remember that. That's see, I, I have something to say about that, but continue. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and then the aliens show up and everyone flees appropriately. Uh, cop shows up, gets beat up, and John Krasinski, you know, takes care of the daughter. They run away. They hide. Oh. My, my tiny gripe. And again, the scene is great. Yeah. I, I, just from a storytelling perspective, John Krasinski figured out they were attracted to sound immediately. I know that was that was the one thing I thought was weird. I'm like, not not only not even only that you're you're kind of you're kind of uh, I'm, I'm, using a microscope on that. Yeah, the whole town was like, let's freak out about this alien attack that's happening right yep. now. Yep. for the first time ever, and let's all be completely silent. Yes, like yes, they they so they basically attacked the little league game. Some people are screaming. But then doesn't it seem like everyone's 100% silent after that? Yeah. They figured like in, inside the, the, they were inside a, like a bar or well, a tavern. It's, it's with, almost like they, it's uh, the way the movie plays it. It's not that they figured it out. Right. It's, 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 it's that a, they're just coincidentally silent. Right. Isn't that weird? Yeah. And then John Krasinski stops a guy from praying. Yeah. But before that, everyone is just like completely silent. I guess if you thought a monster was outside. Right. I guess you would be quiet. Yeah, you're, you're you're hiding from him. You don't know that it, it's only triggered by sound. Yeah. Um, but it seemed like John Krasinski was like, no, they're homing in on sound. Immediately. Yeah. But immediately. what's weird, though, is like the monster's like looking in the window. Yeah. So if, a, let's say, a dinosaur or an alien looked at you in the face, you would scream. Oh, You yeah. wouldn't be like, maybe he can't see me, so I won't make any sound. Right. Which is what they did. Yeah. Because it was looking in the window. Right. I don't know. Maybe Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, I don't know. I guess it was like a blurry yeah. window. So maybe yeah. they were like, oh, I can't see us. But it did seem weird. I'm like, everyone's freaking out silently when like, you know, they would be shrieking. Yeah. But yeah, John Krasinski figured it out really quickly. Um, that whole scene was awesome, though. I loved it. I love them getting away. Too cool. Um, then it kind of cuts to, you know, the end of Quiet Place 1, or I should say right after the end of Quiet Place right. 1. And Emily Blunt is like leaving the the farmhouse with the kids and they have the little baby with the oxygen tank yep. in the thing. That was crazy. Um, and essentially, they're just looking for a new place to go. Yeah. And they come across an alien. They use the same thing they did at the end of one where... It's feedback from the girl's yeah, the, hearing the, aid. Yeah. Their their daughter is deaf. And her whatever frequency her, her hearing aid produces as feedback uh, makes the aliens kind of freak out and all their shell op- opens up to their like brain and head mm-hmm. and you can use and you can like shoot them and kill them when their things are open and uh they use that cillian murphy sees it he's hiding out in like a warehouse or something uh like a, a factory a, yeah steel factory yeah and he brings them in he's like you can't stay here um i thought all that stuff was so great you know what it felt like to me last of us yeah it felt great absolutely um Oh, yeah. Here's what I wanted to say real quick. Side note. So you just said that Cillian Murphy said the dive thing. Yes. He said, is that going to come back? We talked about Army of the Dead last week. Yep. We talked about how they brought up stuff that didn't happen, including yes. the aliens walking. Right. Um, by the way, there was one thing I forgot to bring up to you, and I told you later, and I was like, yep. I forgot what it was, and I texted you about it last night. Yes. So I'm sorry. I hope, you know, this This is not really a spoiler. Yeah. But, you know, the, the conceit of the movie Army of the Dead is that a guy hires them uh, Tanaka yeah. hires a team to go into his safe in Vegas 
and get two hundred million dollars, and they hire and they have a safe cracker with them. And the question is that I that I was thinking about is like, well, why do they need a safe cracker if it's his safe? Right. However, and tell me if I'm wrong, if you owned a safe that was holding that much money, are you just able to get into it anytime or would you have to go through a company to get to it? I I, I think maybe, you know. You if, couldn't walk up to the safe and just get in it. If if we have the Chuck and Brad Casino yeah. after the success of Chuck and Brad Con next year and we open a casino, uh, I you know. This is when we're still wrestling because we're keeping it real. Are you and I the only ones who have the, the like, do we have any interaction with the safe or is it just like. That's what I mean. You know, our head of operations. Well, this is what I was asking. So does it make right. sense that Tanaka couldn't get into the safe yes. by himself? Yes. I think that does make sense. Yeah. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. Okay, so here's what we were talking about. We were talking about the idea of, you use as an example, the zombies in that movie, have, there's a part where they say they all died from the heat. Yep. And when it rains, they get up and they're alive again for a couple hours. Yeah, and you said and you that were was like, great. And you were like, that sh- they shouldn't introduce that and never... Pay it off. Yeah, pay it off. Right. Here's what I think. Sometimes when you bring up something like that early in a movie, people that want to criticize the movie will criticize you for not paying it off. Right. And they will criticize you for paying it off. That's me. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, here's so, the thing. It's so, like, so you just said the dive right. thing. And you're like, well, like I guess that's going to come back later. Yeah, and I hear that. But that's not just yeah. you. No. I, I hear that and, all you know, the time from criti- criti- critics and stuff like that and movie critics. And I'm like, well, which one is it? Do, I'll say, do we I'll not say pay this. stuff off or do we pay stuff off? The uh, I'd rather have it pay off. The only reason is because dive seemed so simple and it didn't need to be um, like when it was used later in the film. Like if he had done that to you and your knowledge of ASL, yeah, I think you still know what he's getting at. And I, I again, I understand. So do you wish it was a more specific? Yeah. Oh, I see. You wish it was a more specific sign language thing. Yeah. That that is less obvious like if 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 dummy version if the word is pickle and they do whatever the sign language is for pickle and the daughter had to pick up a pickle and throw it at somebody like that to me is a better use of the idea of learning the sign but for cillian murphy to be like oh okay like ah it's pretty simple and it seems like it's one he can learn i you know it it, it is a quibble at yeah, best yeah, 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 uh you know i i don't have a problem with it yeah, yeah yeah i hear you um but yeah, so the point of the movie is kind of like they get to this new place. Cillian Murphy is like, you can't stay here. Yep. Um, and the deaf daughter yep. is like, we figured out that we can use my hearing aid to affect these things. Right. We have to get somewhere where we can make a huge sound of this to affect all of them so everyone has the opportunity to kill them. Right. And Emily Blunt, the mom of the family, who is now the only parent, right. is like, no, we have to stay alive. That's more important than right. than like saving the world. Like you're on like a crazy mission yeah. um, that's very risky. And so the movie is kind it of- It seems like she didn't really discuss it with Emily Blunt. No, she never did. Yeah. But but it was kind of like she did through the, the, the sun. Yeah. But Emily Blunt, you could tell, was like dead set on like protecting the together. family. Yeah. That was her priority. Yeah. Um, and what happens is, you know, the deaf girl goes off. Emily Blunt begs Celine Murphy to go find her as Emily Blunt stays back with uh, her son and the baby. Her son whose leg had been caught in a bear trap. Right. And then Celine Murphy goes after the the girl and she convinces him that we have to do this. Right. And so you're going kind of going back and forth between forth between the story of Celine Murphy and the daughter and Emily Blunt and the family. Right. And what happens is essentially, you know, they kind of get captured by these people, which I thought there was going to be more other people in it. Yeah, but Cillian true. Murphy was like, 
you haven't seen what people have become. Which right. So like, oh, that's a cool new wrinkle that we yep. haven't seen in the other movies. Although I think we get enough of that in this. Like to yeah. me, to me, they're saying how much plot and how much new development and story has to be in one of these movies. I think they found like a perfect balance to make it a great story that's really you get invested in. Right. Where like if they could make a Quiet Place three, they could. I think they could totally do that and still make it great. Well, I'm glad you bring that up. Are they going to make it? Because I don't. I don't mind having a movie. You think I would have saved the the thing? Let's see here. I don't mind. You know, it's basically John Krasinski has notes for a Quiet Place three. Good. Uh, and it was the idea. And you know, I'd read this on uh, io9. And it was the idea that after he wrote one, it was a self-contained thing and he didn't have more ideas. Then he got more ideas and Emily Blunt said to him, like, this feels like the second book of a trilogy. And so he has notes for what a third one would be. So well, see, what I'm it's think- possible we'll get a third Quiet Place film. See, I think that, you know, you can kind of, when you, when this is, this is kind of like the problem that the Walking Dead TV show came in where some people criticized it for not making enough story progression in every episode. Right. I'm okay with, let's only progress the story this much but the story is great and it's well told and there's a lot of intense moments and they there here's the new stuff they're introducing yeah. in this one you get how you know the original attack you get uh what are other people like what's someone else's story right you get you know the moment where Cillian Murphy calls out to one of the aliens while he ties the guy to the post and then jumps out of the way as the alien attacks the guy. That's obviously a new thing you can use with yep. this with this world where these aliens just kind of are blind and yeah. only react to sound. Um, you get that the aliens can't swim. Yes. Which at first when it jumped in the water, I thought it meant that it could swim. Right. But then when it was scratching it was to get back in the yeah. boat, I was like, oh man. And that's a great new development in these yes. stories. So what happens is uh, Cillian Murphy and the girl get on a boat and they go to an island and they see and they learn that the alien can't swim. But right. it's kind of just like it just happens in front of them. They get to an island. They get up the island and they see that people on the island are living happily yes. and they're living normal lives and, right. and making sounds. And they basically kind of say like, oh, you know, the aliens can't swim. So we all got away. People got on right. boats and now we're kind of living in this society. And then Cillian Murphy goes down to the beach and he hears a noise. Yeah. And he goes and he looks. And the boat that one of the aliens was on when they got away is now up to the island. Yeah, it has it's floated. Just, it has just floated randomly the island, floated yeah. there. What a great moment. Oh, yeah. And he runs back on. And I couldn't believe it happened so quick. He yeah. runs back on the island. He's like, everyone get inside. And then the alien shows up and it starts just like tearing everybody apart. Yeah. Wow. Then they, you know, they they jump in one of the guy's cars and they drive to... I guess like the radio tower they were hoping to get to since right. the beginning of the movie. Yes. That whole scene was fucking awesome. Yes. Um, they get there, scary. We jumped a lot. Oh, yeah. Ah! Yep. And uh, they get inside and, you know, uh, Cillian Murphy gets severely injured. And at the same time, um, Emily Blunt back with her family, mm-hmm. she has left to go get more medical supplies for yep. her son's leg that was caught in a bear trap and everything. And an alien has found his way into um, the warehouse. Right. And he kind of has cornered, you know, because the alien's blind, so he's not, he doesn't know this, but he's cornered the the injured son and the baby in this, like, I guess it's, I guess you'd call it a soundproof safe. It's a furnace. It's a yeah, furnace. Yeah, it's soundproof. Yeah, and yeah. it's soundproof. And uh, the son has accidentally locked himself and the baby in it, and the baby is running low on oxygen. Yeah, they have the air tank, but yeah. it's running low. The son realizes his oxygen is out when the lighter goes out. Yeah, because there's not enough oxygen to mate, and so he is slowly suffocating. And you know, I would have, I would have liked to see a little more agony of the choice of like, 
Should the baby have the air tank or should he? Yeah. I think they and wanted you know, to keep they, him they, as the ultimate good guy. Yeah. So they kept him going back and forth. Right. Which yeah. is, I, th- I think ultimately, we're, as a right, writer, right. that's where you'd land. Yes, absolutely. Um, And the alien is like trying to get in. Emily Blunt comes in. She sees what's happening. She starts making noise upstairs. She does the thing where she blows up the air tank under the alien to make him like go on fire. And yep. it doesn't really hurt the alien. No, it does not. And But... The fire sets off the sprinklers and the the sound of the water hitting the ground confuses the alien enough so she can sneak back downstairs, open the furnace. Get inside. With with another oxygen tank. But the alien hears her. Yes. And so the alien is getting inside. And the scene where the alien was chasing them into the radio station and the alien is getting inside the tank and everything, it was so intense for me. It really was. I was like, oh my, I almost couldn't take it. I felt like. It's so great. I was I loved it. And you know, in the radio station, obviously, the, the girl with the hearing aid gets to the uh gets to the the big, you know, what do you, what would you call it? The control board. Yeah. Gets it to the microphone and starts outputting that sound. So the alien that's chasing her is affected by the sound and she gets to shoot it. Uh, and she, she she beat it. She she hit it. Oh with yeah, she a, killed it, yeah. that's right. And then same thing, the, the sound is trans you know, it goes out to the radio that they have in the furnace her family, Emily Blunt and the kids, and the kid starts holding it up to the alien and that alien starts freaking out too and he backs it out of the thing and he shoots it. And he it shoots it, yes. Kind of at the same time. That was so well orchestrated. It was. It was awesome. It was. I, uh, you know, and, and at the same time, I'm like, well, I, like it does seem coincidental that all this happened. But like from a narrative standpoint, yeah. of course. Yeah, of course I, it happens that way. Yeah. Um, my uh, my little frustration is uh, essentially... The when Emily Blunt leaves uh, her son and the baby to go get more medical supplies, mm. the son decides now is a good time to explore the abandoned factory and finds Cillian Murphy's like corpse of his wife. Well, he finds like his his for lack drawings. of a better term apartment. Yeah, uh, the the bed, the the drawings and everything. And then there's a sheet, and he pulls back the sheet, and it's the corpse of Cillian Murphy's wife, who he has established. Yeah, he loved her. He's he's torn apart by her death. Whatever. Yeah. Um. And then the son like stumbles backwards over things and that makes noise that alerts the alien in the first place. Yeah. Why would you have anything stumbleable? Like why not move stuff around so that nobody can trip over it? Even like Cillian Murphy as himself, yeah. those 11 weeks, why not leave a clear pl- path on the floor? And I understand like, yeah, I would be startled too. Yeah. Um, but man, just uh, just some poor planning there on uh, old CM's part. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was, and, and you know, it's weird. Like this movie and Spiral, which we recently saw, they all, they both kind of just like had a big crazy ending that was all built up. Boom, boom, boom. Lots of sound, lots yep. of music, and then immediately it ends and the lights go up in the movie. Theater. Yeah, no real falling action. Weird, right? Yeah. Um, the lights going up is weird though. Yeah. Was it orchestrated? Like I don't get it. Probably, yeah. Which is weird. But um I thought it was awesome. I really I really thought it was very fun. I thought it was a great second chapter and I thought that we got a lot of new information. And yeah, I enjoyed it. It immensely. was it was really cool. I, I recommend going to see it heavily. Yes. Um I think it couldn't I think it couldn't have been more well orchestrated because part of it was like I was like, Well, I definitely trust this team. And but then I was like, But what are they gonna do that's new? Did you feel like that? Yeah, a little bit going in. Yeah. That's a great it's a great story. Um, though is is okay we figured this out what's the next step of helping defeat these things right um so i really liked it heavily recommend 
Um, that's it, man. That's all I have for that. Yeah. You know, it was fun. It definitely worth a watch. So, yeah. uh, folks out there, thanks for sticking around, yeah. uh, on a, on a podcast that we did not plan to go this long. Yeah. But sorry did. about that. Yeah. We're not really that sorry. No. Um, we're about as sorry as New Jack is for all his crimes. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're about as sorry as Brad is for all New Jack's crimes. <laughs> sometimes you clam up about stuff. I do. Sometimes you'll talk for so long about something, and sometimes you'll clam up about stuff, and it's so bizarre. I'm looking forward to the day when you clam up about something. <laughs> I just feel like you and I have talked about New Jack an awful lot. Right like, like, isn't it crazy that New Jack stabbed this guy? You're like, yeah, times are tough. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? <laughs> times were tough. Um, folks out there, if you have questions, comments, concerns, or otherwise, send us an email, chuckandbrad at gmail.com, or find the email link through chuckandbradpodcast.com. We're happy to hear what you have to say. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate it. It's all I've got. It's all I got. Deuces.
Some 